Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Plat Nation, to episode 103 <laughs> with Platchet. What? Nothing. That is what we call the that's fans. That's what they've been called. The Plat yeah. Nation. Yeah. The Plat Nation. I actually like that. Yeah, that's that's kind of our new thing. I've been seeing a lot. Of, I've been seeing a lot of fans refer to themselves as that. You know what I've been thinking as well. Plat we nation. we're limiting ourselves a little bit by being Plat Chat. Really, when you look at the demographic playing Valorant, the highest amount of people is in silver, mm. and we're really missing the market by aiming too smart. So, <laughs> so we you need to rebrand. Well, no. What I'm saying is we need to dumb things down first until we deserve the title of Silver Chat, and then we'll mm. and then we'll rebrand. So. That's my goal this episode. If it, we all start playing League of Legends, we could pivot into like Iron Chat. Because <laughs> I think that's what our ranks would be. I'm yeah. not sure I'd get a rank. <laughs> I'd get banned before that. We could do an offshoot Valorant podcast. It's called Silver Chat, but it's where we talk about like, oh, look at the, did you see like this new skin? Let's check out some community art. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like basically that's just be the, the, the podcast for just the regular Valorant Reddit. I think that's Tap already. That. W- I think that's already us. I think no, what this conversation. Oh, no, I think that's exactly us already. No, the average, no, no, the no, average no. person possesses more brain cells than the four of us together, <laughs> and the average person is still trapped in silver. These are the holes of Valorant intelligentsia. That's what <laughs> Platchat is. That's what Platchat is, and that's why people come here. Uh huh. At least that's what I like to think. Um, if you clicked on the video for the top 10 players, check the timestamps, is a note from our producer. <laughs> so just, just in case, if you've made it... So if you've clicked on the video and then you watched for 50 seconds and were waiting to find out, now you know. So go into the timestamps. It's been about two minutes. Okay, well, yeah. it's two minutes. Beginning of the episode. So That's if you okay. haven't left... The, if you're not a last-time viewer and you, you made it this far... You can find the, the top 10 lists, the timestamps, yeah. which are in the description below. All right, guys, let's go get a viral moment now. Okay. <laughs> We've just been, we're trying to cook up ways to get new viral to go moments viral. for the show. We had a board meeting before this. Yeah. Uh, we all sat around the long table. We got Matt Mr. X on the call as well. He's a very busy guy. He said, guys, your numbers have been slumping. You know, your numbers have been slipping. We need more viral moments. Yeah. And I said, and I said well, okay, well, what, what are the kids enjoying these days? TikTok? Like, well, what's, what's a new social media platform? They're like, yeah, TikTok dancing, very big. The gritty apparently is in, in fashion. The gritty. Mm. The gritty. If you guys know how to do the gritty, it would, I think it would pop off on mm. the, on the socials. Sideshow to hit the gritty on the Plat Chat <laughs> podcast. That will get. That's the only way. It'll become an emote after that. It'll be shared and reposted. And this is Matt, by the way. He's on like one of those little fucking TVs. He couldn't make it, yeah. but he's at the end of the table on a TV. <laughs> on like a TV. A he's got his like fucking remote like call headset. <laughs> he's just walking around. <laughs> uh, mm. Hi, Bala. Hey guys. I, I usually try not to interject with you guys fucking going off in the improv world of comedy because, <laughs> because my delay is too fucking long. So if I come in, there's no chance that it's going to be a viral moment. <laughs> the improv world. Can't we just be happy with the one viral moment of Bren screaming they have shroud? Do we really have to scream they have... They have screamed. They have we screamed. can be happy. The investors won't be happy. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. The investors will be very upset. And five okay. changed. Mm. Let's <sighs> talk skins, baby. Oh, yeah. Silver <laughs> oh, chat. Oh, yeah. Silver chat. We are Silver chat. Silver chat. It's time to talk about the Champions 2022 pack. You guys bought us yet? 
You know, this is a. You I haven't. You can't even purchase it yet, can yeah, you? Can't. Yeah, you can. It's like sixty-six dollars and seventeen cents. I'm and actually so disappointed, Josh. I mean, uh, if you if you haven't bought this skin pack yet, you're canceled. I'm canceling you. <laughs> cop, cop, cop. Let's go. Mm, curious. Josh says he likes competitive Valorant, yet won't support the scene by purchasing the skin set when it comes out. Mm. Curious. Well, actually, what I'm not a big fan of is. Um... Here we go. <laughs> no, actually, I. Listen, do you want, you want my real take on this? Mm -hmm. It's all right. It's uh, pretty good. I think the finisher's got a bit of pop to it, but I don't... <laughs> I mean, it's very similar to the one that they released last year. Have you seen it's the added bonus on it? I've seen the added about bonus in terms of the bringing up the champions thing. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, Brian. I'm dog shit at the game, <laughs> and the, I was tracking my stats with Tracker GG. The last time that I top-fragged a game with over 25 kills... Yeah was like 40 <laughs> games ago. Really? It happens like three games ago. It happens about... No, I got 25 kills. I didn't top frag. There was a Demon Rainer on the other team with 30... But you know, you don't need to top frag. So, so if you get over 25, it fills in. Yeah. Yeah, mm, well, yeah no, but the, you but only you summon the... Fucking, the glow. The trophy. No, you summon the trophy. Yeah, but also the glow. Yeah, but I don't care about the glow. I want the trophy. Do you think if you turned up to Champions and you were like, oh, by the way, FPX, uh, there's no trophy. But, but th we're just gonna that's, we're that's just gonna shine cool. some lights on you. You're it's not cool competing it's for champions, Josh. I'm a f I want to be a champion, Bala. <laughs> I want to be a champion in Dude, my if game. If everyone's a champion, no one's a fucking champion. But okay? I'm not good enough we're, to be a champion. This is why society is broken. We don't have our participation. We had our participation medals all the time now. And it, it, <laughs> <laughs> Um, fucking, Brent is wow. just entering his fucking boomer era. <laughs> Christ almighty. They, they, they say you get more conservative the older you get, and Brent started growing a mustache. Yeah. Now he's <laughs> spouting off participation medal stuff. I bought He's this. lost. I he's bought lost. this pack. You bought, bought it? it? Yeah, I bought it this morning because we're you know we're gonna be leaving soon. It's not, not really gonna be an opportunity to buy it. I, know. I think sure. I would say it's a very rare, very very rare W for phantom users. I can I like it. But also, that isn't even true. Because there's a better phantom skin already in the game, and it's the comic book one. Oh, you're such an And idiot. I already oh, own you're it. So, you're so, you have a such shit. lack of taste, you egg. <laughs> you, you really think the comic book one is better than The this. comic book one destroys this. It absolutely destroys it. This, this, no, How is this it comparable effect, in any capacity, Josh? This effect is really cool, but I'll tell you this for a fact. They're going to do the same thing, but better in a future skin. And you're going to look back at this one. They're going to use the same format of it changes based on the amount of kills you have. You're going to look back at this one and go, oh, what a strange prototype skin. Yeah, but... No! But this is going... <laughs> no, wait. No, not a proto... This is the rarest of skins. This is the fucking episode four champion skin this shit is so in the future people who have this are going to be looked at like the kids in fortnite who are like you have rare skins i was at my my little daughter's birthday party and there's like four yeah. little kids who are like you used to play fortnite right and i was like yeah and they're like do you have renegade waiter i was like no and dude you ball you don't have the renegade raider yeah no i don't i don't have the i, I, I Bala, the moral of your story is i should buy this to impress seven-year-olds yeah Yes. Yeah. It's about time you impress someone. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be a seven-year-old for owning a video game item. I am actually excited about something that they've released in this, though. Okay. I like that little... I like that little... Um, the, the little... Oh, what are the dangly things called? Gun buddy? I like the like, gun buddy that's like an egg. 
I like the little cracked egg. <laughs> that's in the battle pass. Yeah, saying, in, that's a cracked egg. No, 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 no. There's a cracked egg in the battle pass. That's not in oh. the skin set, though. Yeah, I know. I'll probably buy the battle pass instead. Just this to get it, the crack. This, okay. <laughs> I mean, once again, this guy will see. All... This gets contributed, though. I know. That's yes. what I was about to say. This guy won't even. Wow. The donation won't even support directly. The teams. Okay. Won't even support the competitive How? scene. This guy's fucking tanning on his yacht. <laughs> big for the competitive scene now. Look at this guy's fucking tan. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it's I've crazy. Been outside. That can't be used as an argument against my taste. I all right. Let's let's run some quick fucking figures. Let me get my calculator out here. Right. Yeah. This is what what how much did you say this was? Sixty one dollars. Sixty one dollars. Sixty one dollars divided by two because Riot takes half of it because they're you know rich uh, big company. They they take all the slice of everything. All right. So that's thirty don't, bucks. Don't I'll try and, that, don't try and come down and relate I'll, to the I'll common people. I'll split that people. between sixteen teams. I'm talking teams. about the big company. Two bucks. All right. I'll fill my fucking wallet full of dollar bills and I'll throw two bucks at each team when I get to champions. I, I'll do that in instead of buying that's, the skin. I'm happy honestly, to do that. Dude, that would, honestly, that that's would, fucking content. So that's a viral clip trying, right there. You're trying to do this to be more relatable to the people. Because that would come across as, I will film you doing that, and that will come across <laughs> the complete opposite know, way. That you be. Jeff Bezos lookalike motherfucker. I'm not saying that's not Jeff Bezos. You're going that's to the turn same up. amount of money. You're going to turn up to Istanbul. Shaved head. Fucking tanned when it when <laughs> when a, a nice tight fitting top. You, you know, you've been working out recently. This, this is from fucking... Eight, this isn't even branded. And this you're going to go up to the teams and you're going to start throwing Ford. money at them. <laughs> I'm saying Unbranded. it would be, Josh I'm saying it would be more cost effective for me to give. I would actually be giving more money to the teams if I gave two bucks to them at Champions. But, but dude, the concept of this is cool, though. The concept is really cool. I'm just not. I think they'll do it better in the future. Yeah, but it's, a good, but it's exclusive. I, it's, yeah, it's fucking exclusive. So you're not going to buy Josh. this. Okay. Good influencer, so, so is every what you're saying right scroll. now. Oh my goodness. You're Did saying I... right now, you're influencing people not to buy this skin. You are I'm literally directly, you're taking money out of their pockets. Directly. I'm not an influencer. People mock me for my taste. <laughs> me not liking it will make other people want to buy it. <laughs> uh, I mean, Josh convinced me I'm going to buy it. <laughs> Now I've got to buy it. I want to be cool. I so might, I have to buy it now. I might just buy the knife. I quite like the knife. Yeah. Uh, the knife is cool. I, I mean... The, thing, uh, the whole thing's cool. I need a phantom. I need a new phantom skin at some <laughs> oh, point. This is so funny. Josh, the knife is $53. <laughs> the knife is $53. So I save eight bucks. Oh my uh, God. But you could get so the whole good. thing for like eight more dollars. Wait. Yeah, but... And then you have extra skins, and the money still gets distributed like that. I mean, if, now if who's you're bougie? You're telling me I grew. It's not BCT worth saving fan. eight bucks. Dude, I fucked up, guys. I should have bought every skin individually. <laughs> if I was a true VCT fan. Yeah, <laughs> real VCT fans <laughs> spend as much money as possible. That's what? so funny, dude. I, uh, I, I'm here, dude. I'm gonna, I'm here to deliver a fucking scorcher take. <laughs> yeah. I think this, I think this Phantom is better than the Vandal last year. Oh, agreed. come. No, agreed, no, agreed, no, no, agreed, no, 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 the Vandal last year, the Vandal last year, I wanted to go I don't mean to, the Vandal last year owns. No, it's very simple though. 
The Charms Vandal is incredibly simple compared compared to this. They put a lot more work into this Phantom. They did in terms of the technological the, the technological leap with the concept, <laughs> but not in terms of the actual design of it. It's very it's very prism crystal polygon. It's not it's it's not a spectacular design. I don't think the, the crystals change, bro. What do you it's like? It gets yeah. look. It's also, glowing. It's glowing. Vandal thing. You, you can't. You have to top frag. You never do that. How do you like your your arguments against this skin are literally exactly why you would argue against the other one. This starts glowing when you get a kill, Josh. Dude, wait. It starts glowing when you get one kill. Yeah. yeah, when you you often go zero and fucking twenty four, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't done that for a while. <laughs> yeah, this Christ. one, you don't have to necessarily top frag to get stuff out of it. It will start filling in the more kills you get. Whoa, and I didn't see that before. Are you serious, bro? Dude, this guy. Dude, I, this, might, this might, be a, might be a cop. That might be a cop. <laughs> I, was, I was worried I wouldn't be able to see the trophy, but if you see a trophy every time you get the final kill in a round, I'll just bait my team and see the trophy every that's time. How the fucking, oh, that's how the, that's how the vandal works. It's just, oh my God. Yeah, but I, did, but I thought it was just someone, I thought it was just that happened. I didn't realize Dude, you could walk inside of it. Bad takes, one percenter, <laughs> and just fucking no research. That's what this guy is. Wealthy, no research, terrible takes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Are you going to buy it now? <laughs> you can plead the fire. No. You're not going to buy it. <laughs> no. Okay, so give me a second. Let me just send you a conspiracy theory on WhatsApp, and then but maybe that'll change your mind. Last just time... <laughs> <laughs> Last time I said cop, I didn't cop it. I said cop for the Gaia skin, and I didn't live up to it, and I've been harassed ever since. And, and I regret not buying that skin. Yeah. I don't regret not buying it, because uh, I, I actually was a wasn't a fan of it when I actually used it in-game, oh. when I picked it up off somebody. Well, I really? love the finisher, yeah. So whenever I see Baby Bay use that thing, I'm like, God, that could be me. Yeah. That could be me. Well, I say that every time I see Baby Bay with anything, but that's beside the point. <laughs> what? <laughs> you just see him in real life. See Baby Bay with his phone. I'm like, that phone could be me. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be in the palm of Baby Bay's hand. What are you talking about? Uh, okay. What? Let's... The yeah. Zeta Division. <laughs> <laughs> How well could Zeta Division do with 10 if he can play? Mm. Now, there's been rumblings because uh, Hen is going to Istanbul, mm. but not playing. Mm. He's a sub. And I'm lost in the sauce here. I'll explain it to you. Because I was also lost in the okay, sauce. Thank you. People were telling me he had a wrist injury or something. Not true. He had an eye injury. He had a problem with it. I believe his right eye had like some kind of retinal problem. Mm -hmm. And he was having, uh, I don't know whether it was surgery or just some kind of treatment, but he was having something done to his eye. And the doctors didn't recommend that he played. Maybe he didn't feel up to playing. Either way, he yeah. wasn't going to go to Istanbul with them at all. They were going to use XDLL. Who isn't? A, I, I don't know much about XDLL. He's a player that I don't know how he's going to perform. He's only played on like kind of low-level teams. Puts up reasonable stats, but doesn't really play the same role either. So it just seemed like a really odd fit that probably wasn't going to benefit Zeta at all, losing 10. But then 10 posted that he was getting better with his recovery and that he had decided to fly out to Turkey and he's going to be listed as a sub. And whether or not he can play depends on whether or not he's like fully recovered and feels up to it. And I'm sure the doctors will have something to say about that as well. And whether... You know, Riot allows him to like sub in at the last second or whatever the mm -hmm. rules are to do with actually having a substitute player come right. in. Um, so I don't know 
when Ten would play, I don't think it's possible to even speculate from the outside. It's just based on how his recovery goes with his eye. And I don't know how serious it was either because, you know, everything's in Japanese. It's kind of difficult to get translated uh, okay. stuff accurately. But there is a chance that they will play with their full roster, which is sick because I think that would make a huge difference. Yeah. I now understand. Okay. So then the question at hand, we put, for instance, if we look at our ranking, we put Zeta, I believe, at 14th, if I'm correct and remembering that. How would that shift if 10 can play? Because that was kind of the, the crux of our Zeta discussion was that, you know, having a sub at these events has just pretty much always been uh, a death sentence. Or, I mean, in the FPX case, nearly. And then you could, I mean, obviously you could see how much they leveled up when they had their full five. Um, how does this change the, I, I, the Zeta? They're still in a really bad group, right? A really tough sure. group. They've got Optic Loud still there, of which both of them, even when Zeta were playing at their absolute peak, Optic and Loud were the two teams that were still better than them in that mm -hmm. tournament. Yeah. Um, but we've seen that Loud can definitely lose. I mean, they did in uh, Copenhagen. So I think it's, to me, it's a factor of how early can Ten get in. Is he going to have ah. scrim time with them? Is he going to be able to play the first game? Because win there would be important but even if he can get into the decider game maybe that'll be enough. I'm thinking the same thing though like uh, he's probably going to be I mean I don't know we don't know what his recovery is going to look like but presumably he's not going to be able to practice as much wouldn't think you so you don't it's like a weird trade off we, we, we saw this issue with um with who the bloody Fnatic. hell was it yeah uh, Fnatic uh, yeah Rekker. exactly well actually uh, yeah I mean we thought that was the case with Fnatic but they weren't allowed to play with Durka yeah well we, we thought that they had opted for Hyper instead because of the practice stuff, but in fact, they weren't actually allowed to participate really? with Durka. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Durka got listed as a sub, so it was like some crap like that. Oh. So, okay. again, there might be some rulings here why yeah. Ten might not be able to play even okay, if he does sure. recover, but, I mean, in the theoretical universe where he was available at some point, I mean, where would it have to be? Would it even be enough if he hasn't been scrimming? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I, they've been boot camping for like, uh, I mean, I don't actually know, but they've definitely been boot camping for a while, um, presumably without 10, if you're traveling from Japan to Turkey, right? So I, I think it's going to be really, really tough to integrate him when, like you said, Josh, he's this guy XDLL is playing a different role, potentially. I mean, maybe he's literally playing the 10 slot, which would make sense, but um, that could really suck if he's not. You know, like 10 has to then fit into it and they have to either warp everything back around him like FPX did with Cider, but uh, that's still such a tough ask. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt, they're going to be weakened if they play with the sub. If, but also, yes. I still think they're going to be weakened if they play with 10 because presumably he's not, they're not going to be able to get good practice. Let's imagine a scenario where 10 had been able to play with them. This was just the perfect Zeta division. I mean, perfect in the sense that they have no outstanding issues. Maybe they're not playing at their absolute peak like they were before. Yeah. But let, let's imagine they were able to boot camp with 10, et cetera, et cetera. W would any of us be favoring them to get out of the group with Optic Loud anyway? I, I feel like you could take a punt on that. But full strength Zeta division. Do you have more faith in them getting out of this group compared to... Loud. I mean, Loud are the other team that you have to put them up against, I think, because no, I Loud actually yeah. got grouped at Copenhagen. I don't it could happen so. again. I don't think so. I, I, I would put Zeta Division as like an outside shot if they were at full capacity versus Optic and Loud. But you never, you never know, honestly. Every single international event would be made to look like fucking jesters in the court. <laughs> so we, we, always, we are always getting stuff wrong. And also, there's just such a big gap. You just don't know the form of teams coming into events. You can't trust scrims. 
And there's always we've seen that we've seen Optic and Loud lose in groups. We've seen these teams be weak at the beginning of tournaments. We've seen them slip. So was Ata, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, but if we're if we're talking like perfect information, no. I mean, I would give them like the outside shot of making it. I mean, using their last performances as like a form. Obviously, it's not going to be like that. But um, Zeta Division in Challenge Playoffs to go to Copenhagen versus Loud at groups. Right, I would probably put Zeta just slightly lower than Loud. I think Loud played really poorly in that in that group stage, but I have a feeling that Loud will actually have an upper trajectory where Zeta, even if they were full strength coming into this, would have taken a while to lean back into that. I mean, the only thing we've seen from them is that Cinderella story at Reykjavik where they just increased in strength. They never, I mean, they didn't start off like massively good, um, whereas I feel like Loud is going to, for some reason, be good at the start. You know what? The, I, I've been an extraordinary giga nerd as usual, heading into the the champions. And no, <laughs> and I found out that if you use Run It Back, you can actually track all of the trades that happen in games manually. It comes up. It's not you can't scrape them all unless you have some kind of bot, which one of the analysts does. Yeah. But I was going through all of Zeta Division's games for stage two and LC. No, sorry, stage two and LCQ. And then I went through their games for Reykjavik as well. And I clicked on every map and looked for the little trade icon in every round. And I went through and I grabbed them all. Their trading is about the worst out of any of the teams coming into Champions, which surprised the shit out of me. Because I thought, especially at their, uh, at their Reykjavik, the Reykjavik run, run, that they looked nasty, like really well disciplined. was there a drop-off? No. Their trading was really poor at Reykjavik as well. They, they, I think part of how slowly they were playing and just winning their duels was... Like right. powering them sure, to sure. Uh, success. And sugar and Zero going crazy. And, yeah, more yeah. so than like, uh, uh, like that is going and running and helping each other yeah. as well. I, it's got nothing to do with this particular How many teams did you do this for? Of, well, one of the other analysts, Ominous, that works for Bleed, helped me with the other ones. Um, but I did Zeta Division manually because I hadn't played in LCQ. My, I, thought you, when, I was hoping you were going to tell me you manually scraped <laughs> all the trades for every team coming in. No, no, only the no. ones that hadn't Gosh, played in LCQ. Yeah, someone like that 40 grand to do it. That doesn't track at all with what I thought about their, um, their tournament run. Isn't that, that like, surprising? It's, it's very surprising, but I, I would probably uh, like want to look specifically at that because my feeling would be that they were bad in the rounds that they lost and then they had crazy good trading in the rounds that because they, they were playing mad down situations a lot they were playing situations that you thought they had no chance in where they froze after taking a specific spot and like then they would they would go on it and i feel like in those moments that was when you were like holy shit their trading is amazing you know mm -hmm. i don't know i would scrutinize I that yeah it is surprising it's mm. a weird start all right mm. Bold prediction time. <laughs> Bold prediction. Who will the finalists of champions be? <laughs> oh, sorry. I was looking at my phone. I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> that is <laughs> funny. Hold on. I may have pressed the wrong button. Me and my <laughs> That's a nice picture of all of you. Hey! Uh, um, who will the finalists of champions <laughs> Let me focus. <laughs> Who will the finals? Dude, Kurt was drinking four locos in the production room earlier. 
<laughs> it's 10 a.m. It, it was weird. I didn't want to say anything about it, but now yeah. I, I guess I did. He's been under a lot of stress. Who? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, the finalists. <laughs> oh, oh my god that's we've got spread. a wide array of teams now let me let me break this down for the audio listeners this is for the listeners josh now the way we've structured this is you have the team coming from the upper bracket and the team coming from the lower bracket now josh your picks or appalling <laughs> in the upper bracket. No, I'm, just I'm just kidding. It's just they're both okay. FPX in the uh, coming through the upper and Fnatic coming through the lower. I have Paperx upper, as does Bren. Mm -hmm. But I have Optic coming lower, and Bren has Loud coming lower, and Bala has gone with the FPX upper bracket and the Paperx lower. So just the, we got a ball is gone for the Copenhagen Finals rematch, but then flipped. Mm, right, but the but the flip, but the flip. Um, all right, guess uh, that's fine. I, I listen. I'm fine with being the only fucking North American <laughs> fan around here. <laughs> that's fine with me. I'll grill up some burgers later. I can go to the HEB in my F150. I'll do I, what I got to do. The trouble with optic. What's the trouble with while we're on while we're on the topic of them? No, let, I want to be on the topic of them because I'm the only person who has optic going to the finals, and optic have been consistent as. Huck this year. They have, so yeah. I won't uh, tell me the problem. I'm just worried about them, is all. I'm worried. I'm worried about sense? Optic. Because they were it's saying, true. like, there was interviews with players and they were saying, yeah, we're definitely gonna need a break after Copenhagen. They've been working hard to try and stay ahead of the ahead of yeah. the game, ahead of the meta for the longest time. And once you start slipping, it's very difficult, I think, to scramble to remain on top. I'm not saying they're slipping, but there definitely is a lot more top dog teams in this event, heavy hitters that are looking dangerous for a path for Optic to try and make their way through. And especially now that, I mean, it's still fluctuating in terms of them leaning on Victor to have really good games and the Neon Comps are getting more worked out these days. Like everyone, everyone's playing Neon Comps and everyone's working out counters for it. It's been played for so long that I'm a bit worried for Optic in this event. I feel like we might be seeing the, I'm not going to say the beginning of the end, but I don't think we're going to see the same like kind of dominance from them where they are just clearly leading in a, in a top three capacity. I think we've got so many good teams at this event that, yeah, I, I don't expect them to keep an uptick in performance. I, I'm not really low on optic at all. I think they're going, unless FPX do the repeat, they're going to be the best team of pre-partnerships, pre-franchising, you know yeah. what I mean? The like yeah. open yes. circuit. I think they're probably going to finish top four again at some point you know, position within that. Maybe they even win the entire thing. Who knows? But I think they're going to finish in a top spot and they're going to be remembered as probably the best roster unless, you know, an FPX manages to get a repeat win. I'm not saying they're going to bomb, bomb out a tournament. Yeah, I um, just haven't gone for them in my finalists. I yeah. still think they're going to be an all-time great team. Yeah. But I just, I, I've got... I've got I've got the EU yeah. simpage going <laughs> I know, on. you do. I mean, I actually, I have them coming through the lower bracket, but if I had to pick a winner, I would pick Optic. I just think that, I don't know, whatever, something lower bracket, they're some in the lower, lower final run. paper, some shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> some That's, narrative. We'll cook some, it up. some kind of, yeah, like a Reykjavik-esque kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like they play paper X and up, or ah, shit, we lost. Then they go and they beat like loud in the lower final or something or FPX or <laughs> whoever the fuck and then they go back to the final that's yeah that's what I'm and that's what's in my head canon and then uh you know 
America celebrates. Joe Biden lets you, everyone take a day off of work. <laughs> Josh, why do you hate paper Well, everywhere. I wanted to ask you the opposite question. Everyone is so high on paper eggs, and I was super high on them coming into Copenhagen as well. But I mm. think the more time paper eggs spends at the top, the more people are going to learn how to adjust their style to match up against paper eggs. And I think the opposite is going to be more difficult for paper eggs. I think it's going to be tougher for paper eggs to play a wildly different style with Forsaken and Jing, where they're super controlled, super disciplined, or, or, or whatever, mm. than it is for a team like um, an Optic or a Loud or a Fnatic or, you know, the teams that are just on the outside bracket waiting to jump into the, the finals, I think it'll be easier for them to slightly slow their game down and, you know, review the FPX games mm -hmm. of, like, Bind, where FPX crushed Paper X 13-3. Yeah. Like, I think those are the games to look at for how to start to neuter Paper X's style, and I think it's going to be more difficult for Paper X to stay on top than the other teams to overtake them. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting, i got to put my fucking phone away. I'm getting distracted. I'm just getting... <laughs> Natalie, how are you doing? You getting ready for the party next weekend? <laughs> Dude, i got to put my phone away. I'm just getting... <laughs> sorry, I'm what? Getting, I'm getting nonsense. Fucking people are... People are, are calling me on accident. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's going on. You're just so popular. I, I, got, all, I got fucking emails about... I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Okay. I gotta put my phone away. <laughs> and, uh, my name isn't Natalie. Yeah, George, I think you got some valid points about um, their style getting more figured out over time with mm -hmm. them being on the top. But out of all the teams at the event, the one that's made, the one that's shown the most consistently, I think, uh, consistency in terms of improvements each time they went to LAN have been Paper X. They've yeah. just been making resounding leaps every, t every single time they go to LAN. They learn more and more and more. Yep. They're LAN proven. All the players perform on LAN, which you can't say the same for... Uh, Fnatic necessarily. I think Fnatic had a really shaky Copenhagen. Yeah, they did. Um, and I, I feel pretty uncertain about them coming into this this event as well because of that. But yeah, I feel really good about Paper X to continue to make those leaps and bounds. And I think it just comes down to a difference in styles. Like the slower, more controlled style that FBX play that counters at uh, Paper X, it, it comes down to like that difference where occasionally you throw in a fast round to break that sort of condition that you've set. Mm. And I can understand the logic behind it kind of counters it, quote unquote, but I, I, don't, I don't expect Paper X to just sit by and stagnate and, and remain with their style. I think they'll come up with the right solutions to still be a good team coming into this event and still be possibly the best team is what I think. I, I do think that you're, I think Josh is more right in terms of like, oh, they have to, they would have to change their style so drastically to actually be like a not, like not be able to be counterable that I don't think that's in them, to be honest. And that's what you're hoping for, Bren. Rather, I think what they would go for is like, oh, let's add a Yori. Let's add some a little bit more of some aggressive flavor that nobody's mm -hmm. seen. I think that's more likely than them able to change their style into an effective way. Now, where I don't agree with you, Josh, is, well, I agree with your overall point about how they, they are counterable. I think people will understand that. But I don't think that anybody's really playing against a team like Paper X and Scrims or in officials, which most of these teams have not played any officials in a long time. Optic has basically just started boot camping, right? Like they, there's been a long period for them where, I mean, they were talking about being going on break and stuff. I, they need to play. They need to get reps against Paper X. All these teams need to get reps against teams like this to actually be able to counter it flawlessly first or like, you know, in this tournament. I don't think that's going to happen at Champions. And we've seen it actually at Reykjavik in Copenhagen. Yeah. The same narrative was true back then. It, teams could easily have figured out how to counter them, but nobody did. And Didn't the fact the that they were thinking about counter, but countering them was actually counter to them. 
they looked fucking awful playing slow like that. <laughs> right, because they hadn't put in the time yeah. to actually refine the style. They were just mixing up what right. they knew. Yeah. I think the same should also be said of EDG, because EDG mm. are going to play super fast, <clears throat> super aggressive, and nobody's played a team like that. They might think they've played teams like that, but they haven't played teams like yeah. that. They're going to relentlessly push against you. And I see them being able to catch people out for a similar reason. I wanted to touch for a moment, though, on the Fnatic doubt because they'd had a bad Copenhagen. Sure. The fact that Fnatic players were not in form for Copenhagen actually makes me more excited for champions. Not perhaps for people like Mystic, who's actually showcased that over multiple events. I'm not super excited that he's going to, you know, rebound and suddenly look like he does online where he looks like, you know, or did coming top, into top Copenhagen. player. Or, yeah, yeah, or like he did coming into Copenhagen, whatever. But he didn't actually perform at LAN and he hasn't done it, it, uh, champions last time either. So not that aspect, but like the Durker Alphier aspect where Alphier didn't look, as, I mean, he was an unbelievable player online. And he, mm. after, uh, you know, the slow half a map or whatever that you had at the beginning, he was a good to great player at Copenhagen. But I think with one level of experience under his belt, you're going to start to see more from Alphier. You're going to see a return to form from Durka because he's been amazing at every LAN event apart from Copenhagen. That to me is the outlier, not the norm. And so if you get Durka and Alphier in much better form, you know, kind of returning to their normal instead of being under their norm in Copenhagen. I think you see Fnatic go from a top four finish, which is where they ended, up to being an actual title contender, mm. as we thought they might be for Copenhagen. So the, the fact that their form was poor in Copenhagen is actually feeding my hopium a little bit. That's that if crazy. they just play more, more of their, not their style necessarily, but play more as they've done online, Hitting yeah. their shots in the same way, taking confident duels, manipulating the map well, playing, you know, uh, to support each other really well. I think Fnatic are a very exciting team to follow here. Sure. That makes sense to me. That makes Doesn't sense. And they, they have time to actually... To <laughs> I, I get they come where Josh like... is coming from. It's a uh, lot of... Yeah. Let, now listen, let... Brent, let's be clear about something. Let's... let's... Okay, okay. He's coping. But also... <laughs> <laughs> but also, I see where he's coming from. The okay. It's the, the narrative... It's yeah. kind of a I do like the amount of distribution. I didn't really touch on my loud point either. I was going to ask you next about the loud thing. Because I I, uh, I think loud will go deep. I have loud going deep in this tournament. Yeah. I just don't. I mean, this I, is I the tournament like for like loud. I feel like top four, but. I know that sounds crazy off the back of Copenhagen because they ended up losing to Optic and Crew. But I think those are the two teams that they've, uh, that have probably the most experience against the team like loud. I mean, Loud have only actually ever lost to Optic and Crew. Yep. They haven't been so a team in terms for very of long, the, in terms of matchups, they played against them a lot. I think they got a little bit unfortunate in terms of that Copenhagen performance. They didn't play great. I'm, listen, I'm not gonna not gonna say that oh, they should have made it out of their groups, <clears> but this time they do have an easy group. I think they've got a weakened Zeta division. I think they've got Boom. Who, when I was watching the Boom as well, I mean, I was vod reviewing them. They were one of the first teams to qualify. I said it on the podcast last time, but this is a team that really needs to, I think, get some good quality practice against European teams because they're currently behind. A lot of the other teams. So if they just jump into champs, I'm expecting them to, to go out in two, unfortunately. Um, but I could, again, could be proven wrong. But this looks primed for Loud to make it out of groups. And as well as that, my, my ideas about Optic potentially slipping as well means that you could see potentially a Loud first seed coming out of this group, um, which I think would set them on a really good path to get some good reps 
again, that experience and then just building upon it and, and going on a bit of a tear. Because I, the quality of these players is up there. I, I really rated yeah. Sadak in the last tournament as well at Copenhagen for the few games that they played. Yeah. He actually popped the fuck off. For, for a fragging IGL, it's so rare and it adds such an extra element to your team. It really is, I, I, I think, but, looking like Loud could go on a bit of a run here. But Sassy played pretty poorly. His integration of the fade, I think, wasn't very good and one of, one of the, the big reasons that they didn't actually perform anywhere near as well as before. And Les also had a pretty poor tournament. You know, I watched him destroy people on Chamber um, domestically in Brazil. Yeah. And he didn't really do that either when he played again at Copenhagen. So, I mean, you could use the exact same argument I just did for Fnatic for why you should be excited about Loud. Like, their players weren't playing very well. Except they didn't... Like, Fnatic came top four with mm. their players at, you know, 80% or whatever. Okay. Loud got eliminated I'm pulling out my, my, my trump card here for okay. this argument, which yeah. is this is the tournament of Chamber nerfs. And I think that you're going to start to see a return to comfort picks for a lot of teams and teams with cracked out jet players returning to that as well. Teams like Aspas, less going to be probably moving off the chamber roll as well to something where he was like, when he was I playing- I mean, Les was playing a lot of Cypher before. And yeah, I think, I think you're going to see teams that actually had good form pr like prior to the, the big chamber dominance will probably see that, that, again, that resurgence, I think, as they maybe lean into more comfort stuff that they were playing earlier in the year. I do definitely believe, I, I believe very much in the Aspas duelist yeah. still. I mean, even when, when they lost to Optic in the finals at Reykjavik, when they lost to Optic at Copenhagen, he's still just a fucking demon the entire time. I mean, he's yeah, he never, he, he, he doesn't really slip up. Um, if they, yeah, if they can just get, you know, if, if Saucy can kind of get the, the return to form, um, you know, they get like one, two other players activate i think they can make a, a really deep run um but all right is that uh, any any other anything else you guys want to talk about with these didn't uh, really touch on fpx much yeah oh, oh yeah we yeah we probably Bono should josh had FPX we probably should touch on the bracket. winners of the last yeah. tournament briefly. But, but, but i feel like it's it's kind of it's kind of obvious that you would have the winners of the last tournament up at the top yeah. I, I wanted to pose this question do you think if fpx actually win this tournament so they're the first ever team to yeah. take back-to-back -back international tournaments mm. with their win at Masters Copenhagen and champions. In that world where they managed to accomplish that, however it happens, yeah. would they overtake Optic for the best team that we've had in the last, you know, year? You know, if Optic finish second, Optic are still probably ahead, right? Because they have a longer... But you also if have Optic, to factor in that FPX... FPX get a back-to-back -back title. Are they just instantly the best yes. team that we've had? Yeah. No team has managed yeah. to maintain that level of dominance and consistency. Yeah, I mean, we, it might not be with dominance. I'm saying however it happens, you know. It sure. might be they get there through the lower bracket and they only just beat Optic in the finals or whatever. Do you think, is it just a guarantee you book your ticket into the Hall of Fame, you are the best team of yeah, Personally, yeah, because the, t the thing that matters ever. for me is the title. The, the actual trophy at the end of it. Mm. Like being able to do what, you know, being able to actually take the title in the first place is the biggest thing. You can have really good performances, but flounder in the finals. And then I would, I, I would deduct points, I think, in my head, in the virtual rankings, my mind palace. I've got a whiteboard. I'm just like <laughs> moving them up and it's down. It's just a little you with a whiteboard yeah, in your brain. In a big <laughs> palace, a marble palace. <laughs> Did I, I, I mean, I will say, I, I think maybe it's more interesting to, to talk about who didn't have FPX, me and Bren, yeah. Yeah. about why we didn't. Well, sure. I uh, didn't have FPX because no team has been able to back to back yet. Sure. So I think it's kind of just a yeah. I'm I'm kind of just going safe bet. And also, while the while a lot of the players on the team are obviously 
very good and have been very good for a very long time. I've kind of felt like at the tournament they were playing above their usual very good into the, the god tier zone, which is not always often, you know, it's not, not where so many of their players are at at the same time all the time. Like, I felt like they had three players in every game that were just in <laughs> fucking god tier mode, yeah. which is just not always going to be the case. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it's been the case with that team previously. Though, I still think they're a sh like a, uh, they're still going to make a really deep run, but I'm kind of just going on. I feel uh, yeah. like I'm going I, with, I the, that, with the odds. That might be a little revisionist. I think during Masters 1, their qualifying run, they were literally just multiple players being god mode all the time. Oh, maybe yeah, not, sure. I guess maybe I not thinking... in the qualifier to, to Masters 2, but then Copenhagen happened. Yeah, sure. So... Maybe, yeah, maybe during Masters 1. Um, I, yeah, I, I was thinking more, I guess, just in the lead up to. Uh, Masters 2. To Masters uh, 2 is what I was yeah. thinking about. Um, but I hold sure. the same thought process. The back to back tile is very hard to get. You're on top. You've got a target on your back now. FPX made an absolute miracle run at Copenhagen. You don't see that every day. Um, it's hard to replicate that, I think, as well, and come into it with the same kind of form. As much as the players are fantastic, and then the viral clip reason I didn't have FBX is because I've got beef of Angel now. We had, a, <laughs> we had that argument at the after party, you know, we were, we were, we was like trying to steal my whiskey, my butt, my handle of whiskey yeah. that I bought. I, I missed all of this. I yep. went to bed. And, uh, and, and, and we were beefing, and he was like accusing me of just not watching their games, but in reality, I was just blackout drunk and couldn't remember anything about their games. And he was like quizzing me. He was, and I was like, grilling. He was like grilling me. He was like, do you even watch our games? And I'm like, yeah, I watch you. I watch yeah, I watch your games. I'm fucking gassing your games, and and he was like, "Well, what about this?" And I'm like, Dude, "Well, in in, per, in particular, <laughs> in particular, the Angel wanted to fucking know why Bren thought he was bad at the beginning of the tournament and great later in the tournament, and he was just grilling." Bren. Yeah. I mean, the only answer Fucking I could come up with was just, I don't, you were just feeding. I don't know. You were just feeding and you wouldn't. I don't know. Like, you were hitting shots. Yeah. Sometimes that, that, that is the case. Sometimes That's, that just. Maybe he didn't know and he hilarious. wanted me to explain it to him. I don't, know. I, I don't, I don't know. think that'll be the case. They're I looking think, though, for a new analyst. I think FPX are a really weird team to try and pin down. Because we didn't see them play at Reykjavik when they were on top of EMEA. Mm -hmm. And then in stage two, they, um, when, when we were interviewing them and stuff, they were like, our goal was just to make it, but we kind of lost some of the drive because we hadn't been able to make it to Reykjavik before and we didn't know whether we were going to attend. And then they get to Copenhagen. And I think calling it a miracle run makes sense. But the miraculous thing was just that they got Sugetsu in time. It wasn't actually that their players started playing way better or they figured something no, out I mean, mid -tournament. every part of it was miraculous, no? Like the fact that they even made it out of groups with a sub. Yes, no, no, no. The, but all of the miracles are logistical miracles. They're not gameplay miracles. What? If they had had Dude. Sugetsu from the beginning, they might have just wiped the tournament I, no, and it wouldn't I, be a miracle I, I, I disagree because they, they get Sugetsu in for that lower round two game, but they had no practice of Sugetsu. But again, what I'm saying is that's a, that's a, it's just that he came in at the right, if, what I mean is, if they'd had Sugetsu at the beginning of the tournament, there is a decent chance that they could have just blasted their way through the upper bracket, sure, dropping yeah. minimum amount of maps. And we wouldn't call it a miracle run, we'd call it a dominant run. Because what actually happened was, as soon as they got Sugetsu back, they dominated. They yeah. absolutely swept everybody that was in their path. So I, I feel like it wasn't a miracle run in the sense that it couldn't be done again. It's a, it wouldn't be miraculous again because they'd have all five players, hopefully, mm -hmm. on time. 
but they actually could replicate it because they just looked superb every match that they had their full five. Yeah. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't imagine there's a world we end up in where they aren't deep in the tournament, like top four minimum. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's possible. The only fear is they go for some wonky angel shit and then try to work that out. That's yeah. my only fear with this team. Like, literally, I feel like they have top players who are fucking consistent, who can make insane plays in pressure moments. Chaos, who gets to angel fucking literally every single one of them. Um, yeah, I have no fear. I also think that they're actually meta resistant in an in a interesting way because I, I feel like they're kind of the guys who understand fade the most out of any team and not in any like the geeky shit like oh they have this ease trap play whatever it's more so like the the way they understand the haunt timings and prowler uh like to specifically counter neons or whatever i'm thinking of their fracture comp for example nobody's running that uh at yeah. all pretty much and that beats paper x um uh, like there's sticks things like that that i'm like wow okay yeah this is this is a team that Nobody's really gotten yet, and that's why I think they have an advantage. Also, the weird angel shit. The top three teams that you would think of right now from Copenhagen have been FPX, PaperX, and Optic. All do weird shit <laughs> at different times, and it almost... You have to be doing some of that. It just has to work more often than it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, all three of those teams play bonkers compositions sometimes, and yet you need yeah. to, to be able to stay Op on top. Optics on have become more standard than anything i think they they're the ones that everybody was like comfortable like oh if optics doing it then everybody can do it whereas paper x and fpx are actually bonkers mm. and people are like this is so bonkers i'm not going to try it you know <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> all right <laughs> let me get my phone out because you getting party natalie invites hey natalie hey natalie you want some food <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna fix my life yeah Natalie, aka me, <laughs> evidently. <laughs> Natalie's hungry. I'm just talking about myself in the third person now. Thank God, ball just vanished. <laughs> Maybe yeah, he said he's gonna be right back quickly. Uh, you know why? I think he was going to his front door. I think he was going to his front door. I think Balla might have ordered some lunch using Grubhub code Platkers. Oh my God, <laughs> which is a very good Grubhub code. Um. Our Grubhub code for this week from August 24th to the 28th, you can use code PLATCURSE. That is uppercase P-L-A-T-C-U-R-S-E. No spaces. <laughs> no spaces. For $10 off orders of $20 plus for new diners on Grubhub, up to 500 orders. Make sure to use code PLATCURSE for $10 off. Grubhub fuels your gaming performance and rewards gamers in game and out, we take pride in being the connector between you and your favorite local restaurants. McDonald's, maybe. The Grubhub Guarantee <laughs> promises you food delivered on time or at the lowest price. Guaranteed or what, Brent? That's crazy. Guaranteed value. or what? Gu guaranteed. Oh, they'll or make it right. Josh knows it. Dude, Guaranteed. I was about to make up a catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> you put me on the spot. Guaranteed. Or we'll make it right.
from August 24th to 28th. Once again, that's code PLATCURSE. Uppercase, P-L-A-T-C-U-R-S-E, PLATCURSE. No spaces for $10 off orders or $20 plus for new divers on Grubhub. But also, we don't curse teams. It's not no. a thing. The curse no. isn't real. No, no. The only way the curse time, is real is food off your order. It's just money every time it's order. been posted, we've been wrong. <laughs> yep. No, no, but we don't curse teams. We don't curse teams. No. Dude, $10 off 20 that's like 50%. <laughs> that's like a lot. Of, that's a lot of money. You're yeah. saving a lot of money. That's pretty. That's a pretty good deal if you're if you're a new diner. That's that a is... better deal than only buying the knife in the skin pack we were looking at. <laughs> <laughs> better than that. Yep. That is uh, that is definitely a pretty good deal. So get yourself. Well, you sitting down. You watching this little watching this show right now? Go, go get yourself a taco, huh? All right. <laughs> Ball is back. That means it's time. The moment we've all been waiting for. The classic plat chat segment before the tournament. We do the thing. Everybody, get, get ready to screenshot. You can go viral. The top 10 players at Champions Istanbul. We're doing it the same way we did at uh, Copenhagen, where we have like the top 10, the aggregate. So the four of us here, plus Mimi, all made top 20 lists. And then Kurt attributed points to the players based on the positions on the list. And then, dude, numbers, graphs, algorithms, <laughs> it all comes together. And then there's a collective top 10 list based on the, the point system and how it all comes together. So we're going to take a look at our collective top we, 10 we players, in, and then we'll look at our individual top 20s. We were talking about this before we went live, and I said this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do on PlatChat, this top 20 list. And why is it it was the easiest? Yeah, why is it it was the easiest time I've ever had to do a top 20? I thought it was the easiest one. Out of well, all this is my first, and I don't know, I just fucking went methodical at it, and I literally just fucking, <laughs> like, full-engineered it, and it was so easy because of that. So, I, I just, when like, you said yeah, I really people. thought this was the easiest one. My, my brain, for some reason, thought you said myth mythological. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? You're, like, assigning deities to them? Like, we're, we're yes. going over the ancient texts? Yes. Vanessa's I, um, the false god, number one. <laughs> <laughs> False God, true idols. Uh, I don't know what the catchphrase is for champions, actually. Have they released it yet? You can be your champion. <laughs> um, I, I thought that there were about, I thought there was about 21, 22 players that were a lock for the top 20. So I don't know how, I don't know. This top 10 is going to miss out. This top 10 is going to make people so angry because they're going to say, why wasn't, why weren't these other 10 players in the top 10? And people seem not to understand the basic numerological problem. New rule. New fucking rule. I'm about to drop. There's Josh. 10 players in the top 10. New rule. <laughs> I'm the ruler. New fucking rule. <laughs> if you're going to say, why isn't this guy in X position? Like, if this guy's in the top 10, you have to say who you're taking out. Yeah. New I think, rule. Yeah. Because new rule, anyone can say, oh, dude, where's... Anyone you can removing? say that. Who are you taking out? Yeah. Who are you taking yeah, out? I That's like the that. then, then you'll get the fucking like pitchforks at your house. All right, <laughs> they'll be rioting outside of your house. Also, that's so. First of all, new fucking rule. Second of all, <laughs> I want everybody to know that if the list is fucked up, it's because Kurt said before the segment that Mimi submitted the worst list he's ever seen. What? <laughs> So, I want everyone to make... It's really not uh, that bad, but there, there's some funny stuff in it. We'll so, I want to make sure that everyone knows that if this list <laughs> Number one, sucks, Kang Kang. Number two, Kang Kang. Number three, Nobody. Kang Kang. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, so that's, that's... Now you know who to blame. Now you know who to blame. 
Let's get it fucking cracking. List, Bruh. I probably write down player names. What do you? Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> I, I did it. I did it ages ago. Anyway, okay, I don't mean to interrupt. All right, do you want to kick it off, Kurt? All right, let's kick it off. Number ten, baby. We've got Alfier in ten. Oh. Even in loss, this guy was an insane asset for Fnatic. Insane individual. And now, with a home crowd buff, <laughs> says Mimi. <laughs> yeah, does have the home crowd buff. Yep. You didn't, is that, did that factor in when you put Fnatic in the final? No, that didn't factor in <laughs> No home crowd maybe, buff. Maybe that should have factored it, in. It'll probably hit. I mean, yeah. there's oh, got to, they're going to go <laughs> crazy. Sold out instantly. It's fucking, uh, there's such a buff, bro. It's going to be real. I mean, Anyways. I... I think Alfie is going to play better than he did at Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. We, I mean, Kurt's been keeping track of whether these players have gone up or down. In general, most players should have gone down, I yeah, think. There's, there's more bit. teams. There's more teams. There's more teams. Yeah. There's more yeah. crack players. So in theory, people should have their placements diluted a little bit from Copenhagen. Alfie has gone from number four to number 10. But I think part of that is just because he didn't actually live up to the insane hype in his first tournament. But for a first tournament, I thought he did that all right. was not bad. Yeah. And he's only going right. to get better. Yeah, it was great. Um, uh, also, Curtis noted that we ranked him number four um, in Copenhagen. <laughs> and so I think it makes sense that he's dropped down a bit, but still top 10 is insanity. And he's still at a great tournament at Copenhagen. It's just that, uh, you know... I mean, I think this guy could be a top three player Left a bit in to be future tournaments. Yeah. I yeah he sure. might do in this tournament. Yeah. Yeah, he could. It is very possible. It is very possible. All right, number nine. Number nine. We have got... Scream. Mm. The guy who's actually what people expect... Think of tens. Oh, Ooh. dude. Ball are just fucking getting... Oh, I, I like that. I like how balls work in this quote. But with half the followers and double the career, the career length. <laughs> Ball are really working the cloud angle with that quote. I like it. Screaming number nine. I said last week, and I still think... Uh, I, I'm just going to repeat it. But I swear, Scream at all times is either being underrated or overrated. It's either, yeah. I, it's either he's just Whoa. the god number one player, holy shit, Ed shots, or it's the fucking, <laughs> or he's like being underrated severely. It's, it's one, I, I feel like it's often the case, that, but in reality, he's just great. That's literally the claw factor, by the way. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> literally yeah. the claw factor. That, that for every person who has insane amounts of clout, this is just going to be the thing forever yeah. because all the people who are like us, super snobby, fucking intellectual, pinky up motherfuckers, we're like, I'm smart. The fucking plebs don't know shit. This guy sucks. <laughs> and meanwhile, the plebs are like, ah, I saw him get an ace and ranked. He untapped everybody. That's crazy. <laughs> and so you can't, you literally can't. It's, we're inherently going to underrate him because of that. And the plebs are going to overrate him always because of that. No, 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 but we won't. I, I, think... I am fucking woke and existing in the middle ground where I know he's great, but he's not the best. But he could be. But at, if, <laughs> if he plays like he did in the finals of LCQ, he will be the best but player at this event. But even when he played at, um, what was it, Reykjavik. Even Reykjavik. when he played he at Reykjavik. He was fucking insane at Reykjavik. He was nutty. And when he's played at previous events too, he's always been nasty at LAN. And I think... If he's currently in a good form online, and then he's also going into land where he normally plays even better, 
I think Scream is a decent shout for being a top five player at this event. He could be. I think he. I, I think he exists like right on the cusp of being in the fucking the the, the, the absolute god tier. But yeah. it's. I think in part probably due to Liquid's failure to have a really deep run at a international event. Though I mean they had the one that I mean they went to, champs, but yeah, then but semis. then they went out in such blech fashion in the semifinals. Yeah, um, yeah I mean screams screams but, top performer from Reykjavik by stats, that's, but yeah. that's mostly because he was having quite even games that he was carrying. And they didn't go that far, and he was That's playing against like losses, middling too. competition or lower level yeah. competition. That's two losses too. Like you have to oh, really? that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, because they lost both their bracket right. games <laughs> yeah. right off the rip. I I, th I think Scream is one of the players that can move up the list a lot. I think it's Alpha. Yeah, it's very similar, but for like different reasons. Alpha yeah, it's because of lack of experience. Scream it's because of. The team has not been yeah. great recently. It, it, I think it just takes one good liquid tournament for Scream to shoot up towards the, the very top of the list. I think that that would how be how the perception changes immediately. I mean, he's, it, even outside of the finals, I was just looking at his VLR page. His jet stats are through the roof. They're yeah. like through the roof. He's got like 1.1 KPR or something. On jet I mean, right yeah, now? Yeah. I mean, that is freakish. And his Phoenix, I mean, he only plays it on Ascent, and he had that game where he just popped <laughs> yeah. off outrageously. But he's averaged, in the last 60 days, across five maps, he's averaging 300 ACS on jet and Phoenix. Well, I don't expect him to keep that level up, but I think anywhere close to that, and he's got to be, a, like, up there. For sure. This, this is underrating stream right now, in my opinion. Could, really? I, mean, if, I yeah. had him higher than this, yeah. I had him higher than this, too. I had him low. Mimi, really? Mimi didn't Mimi, rank what? him. It's all oh. Kang Kang. Yeah, Mimi Fuck. didn't rank him at all. <laughs> number 21. All right, <laughs> let's see number eight. Number eight. Who do we appreciate? It's Marv. It's Marv. <laughs> Slippin' Jimmy is still the best smokes player in the world. No argument. Says Wyatt. And I still think, and I mean, I agree with Wyatt. I... A.K.A. Natalie, <laughs> A.K.A. me. I agree with you. And uh, this one's making me a little pissed because I think he's way too low here. I, I think he's been going. He's been going ultra demon mode at every event he's played. Okay, he wasn't like he, he wasn't as absurd at Copenhagen as he was at Reykjavik, but he was still absurd. He was still incredibly yeah. good. I think Marv is in contention for actually the best. I think you might be coming out the end of champions, and we might be calling Marv the best player because of what he's able to do on a role that doesn't, you know, take as many fights, get set up for as many fights, is more of a, like, supportive element usually within teams. I, 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 think, I think not being in the top five here is criminal to Marv. Mm. I, you say, you say that, but he had such a drop-off in playoffs that I'm surprised to, to hear you. I, I mean, I think he's underrated a little bit here, but not. I, I don't think he's in that contention for best player anymore. I mean, he could definitely be, like, right on the edge, but... I, his playoff performance was not even close to what they were doing in groups. What he was doing in groups yeah, when but, his uh, team was when his team was playing ass, he had to fucking step up. When his team started playing okay, all of a sudden he was not producing as much. And I think that might literally be interconnected because of his role. Yeah, he definitely he saved them at the beginning of the tournament. I mean, he was yeah. on fire to actually keep them in the in the tournament so they could go on a bit of a run later. Um. Even still, though, I, I think just for the 
the consistency factor. I mean, that's like, if you're just looking at the playoffs versus what's happened throughout the entirety of the year, that's just like, a, I don't know. It's a, I don't want to say a blip on the radar because that makes it sound too small, but that is just a portion of one tournament where I think for everything else, it's just been consistency. Um, I had him up a few slots higher than this. So what do you mean? Are we just gonna be, dude? This is gonna be the fucking most lame top twenty when we just blame Mimi every time. Well, well, I, had, I, had I had Marv lower. You had Marv lower. Oh, so in my mind, my top Jimmy. ten is fucking crazy. Like, like my, but, but like, but I am also right. Oh, like okay. it's crazy, but I'm correct. So you're a mad scientist. I'm like, Adam. I'm not gonna say that. But listen, we'll go over no. where I had Marv later. But I had him lower. But the players are stacked in this top. The, the, there's yeah, fucking top 80 yeah. players in this event. Yeah. 80. Yeah. And potentially 81. Potentially more, right? Because of subs <laughs> and shit. But yeah, like, dude, Marv is, without a doubt in my mind, the best controller player at this event. And I think this is a reasonable placement for him. But there are so many good players at this event. I don't event think as there's well. that big of a gap between him and other controller players at this event. I think he's think so? definitely the best. But I don't yeah. think it's like that far away with Mind Freak in the tournament the and with Sugar fucking Zero, which everybody's fucking forgetting about. No, that guy no, is I'm insane. I'm not forgetting about him, I'm but I, I'm also not forgetting about every other event where Mind Freak sucked. And I yeah. am thinking maybe Copenhagen was just a one-off good event. I'm hoping it continues and he's really good in the future too. But Mind Freak has been dreadful at every other event. Like not even just a mediocre player, like dreadful. So... I'm not willing to put him in contention yeah, I mean, for what, best what smokes other, player yet. What other top smoker Mako, players are we really looking Mako, at? Yeah, scary, Mako, scary. Um, yeah, Mako, scary. Bang, you could potentially have up there as well, actually, because he's been playing But they're just... Well. They're not... Sugar they're zero, not, obviously. They're not. No. They're, they're just... They're not. They're not. They're, just, they're, they're not. They're not. All right, we're going yeah, I mean, to Mako's the only guy who I would add with Sugar Zero and Mind Freak. But, before yeah. before we go to number seven, just for the viewers Melza. to know, we had Marved ranked number five for Copenhagen, which makes sense for the dilution of yep. like yeah yeah players. yep yeah okay let's see number seven number seven it is Shao mm. he has a higher clutch percentage than Hika <laughs> let that sink in <laughs> <laughs> that's a quote from. Me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love that. Uh, I really mean, Shao's been pretty, pretty sick for years. And then, he, I mean, kind of similar to, to Marv in the group stage of uh, Copenhagen, he was just burying teams and keeping them in it, keeping yeah. FBX in it while they had a sub. I mean, he was just clutching the everything. He was. Fucking insane in the group stage. They don't even get a chance to win without Shao. They don't even no. get a chance to play with Sugetsu without Shao. So, yeah, I, I think he deserves this kind of spot. He's, he's a nasty good player. I think he stepped up for Copenhagen as well, and I'm intrigued to see whether that continues at future LAN events too because um, we just have so little data about these FBX players playing at LAN. Yeah, Kurt's showing that we had him ranked 31st we going into Copenhagen. Put in 30 players? I guess, yeah. Well, it's, it's like just because in no, total just, we had different yeah, players. Different players. And so we did some, I, I, I don't know who. Everything had after him, top 20, or I think, because top 20 is where we actually are ranking for everybody. Yes. Anything after top 20 is a huge fucking grain of salt because it's just literally one person but adding also, we, to their list. We yes. built that with FBX but playing still, with subs, right? Yes. As well. So. Yeah. I, I, I had Shao Lower. Again, I've, I've said this for almost every player. 
but it was purely because <laughs> it was purely because Dude, friends i'm looking forward to seeing Dude, it was purely because fbx and the team where they are more than the sum of their parts that's how i think of fbx I agree. and shawax is the glue in this he is the adhesive that sticks these players together and makes their compositions work he's often the one who's clutching trading whatever and he's also playing a really integral role when he plays the initiator i think that 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 role is you're providing information for your team to call off. You're providing your, the, that factor that you need to be always alive, always be providing value. Shao is that guy. Shao is that fucking dude. And he is an amazing, amazing initiator player. He's in my top 20 out of 80 players. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. I'm going to keep hammering that point home. 80 players in yeah. this event. He's in the so, top 25%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, I think Shao is incredible for the reasons you mentioned as well, though, Brent. I think FBX is one of those teams that's much better than the sum of their parts. They, they, you know, the trading stats that I was talking about, yeah. I was intrigued to look into them because Ominous posted a tweet where FBX were way ahead of everybody else. They got, um, they traded 25% of their deaths. So every time you kill them, a quarter of the time, you're instantly losing a player of your own, which is like twice what some other people in the tournament are doing. That's nearly twice what Zeta Division are doing when Zeta Division made third in the tournament uh, at Reykjavik. So this is like astounding levels of team play from FPX. And I think Xiao, Sugetsu are the players that are a lot of the time, I don't have data to back that up particularly. I don't have it for individuals. But from the eye test, it feels like Xiao is just always in a great position. Sugetsu's always in a great position. And then you also add in that he's got the best, like the highest clutch uh, uh, amount of anybody. Clutches. 21, 21 clutches. It's crazy. I mean, Derek's performance at LCQ was absurd, and he was getting more clutches per round than Xiao was. But for Xiao to keep that up over such a period of time, throughout the entire tournament, for 21 I mean, that's, clutches... That's been built different. That is crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like by, by design, clutching can't be consistent. You just can't be that consistent at winning 1v1s, 1v2s all the time. And yet yeah. he was. Just bonkers. Bonkers indeed. All right, number six. Number six. Multiply six and 40. It's the amount of Red Bull cans we have oh. in the kitchen. All right. It's Artis. Coolest thing we've got. Wait. Oh, sorry. Closest thing we've got to a Scouse Great Gatsby in Valorant. Seeing this man put down pints like a camel storing for the long summer. It's true. Right. It's true. I have. He's a, he, listen, he's a big lad. Puts it down, I'm telling you, he lays it down in the server. Yeah, he does. Man's, he is a different player. The uh, shit out. Where the hell did yeah. I have Ardis? I think this guy God, really did. He, this guy, this guy surprised at, uh, at the tournament, I think, compared mm -hmm. to where we had like a lot of the other big heavy hitter chamber players coming in. A lot of us didn't have Ardis like up there, but like... The guy leveled up, I think, as well. He just there's there's some players that do just perform really well. I really like this guy's storyline. On top of it, the fact that he was at some point the best player in Valorant, super early on in the history of Valorant, like during the beta. And normally, when players have that peak, they don't they don't reach the same heights again. But the guy is on the current best team in the world, at least relative to the titles that we've just seen. So. Uh, yeah, amazing player um, off that. He was ranked 14th for Copenhagen. And I don't think that was unreasonable, actually. No. I think him being sixth is one of the biggest surprises, not for this list, because obviously we've all seen what happened at Copenhagen, but if you had no, told I had somebody... Him lower. <laughs> but... <laughs> I, I also have him lower. I have him if lower, too. I had him very slightly lower, but I think what was so good about Hardis was... Did, get in the <laughs> did Mimi put him at number one? <laughs> he might have just been very consistently featured 
uh, yeah. results Top compared 10. to other people. Yeah. I mean, but, okay, well, we'll see. Uh, Alice was, this Alice was astoundingly consistent, though. He he was he was yeah. out he was outperforming other people that you would rank higher than him because Ardis was turning up with the same level every time. And sometimes other yeah. people are like, great for a map, and then they drop yeah. off for a map. Ardis is just always there, always. Yeah. I mean, in terms, in terms of the chambers, he was literally the only consistent one out of the, the best chambers there, right? Dirk and Ye yeah. both had insanely uh, poor performances at some point in the tournament, whereas Ardis was just, until like the grand finals, and then he turned up in the fucking final map to end it, basically. So yeah. like, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, but he was he was absolutely insane and super consistent at the tournament. But I think what you just said about go uh, uh, just like having other players ranked higher than him going into it, I kind of that's why I moved him up on my list, but not as high as sixth because the performance warranted moving him up. But I feel like the I guess that was still just the first time that we've seen him do that against. Uh let me ask this then. Why so, did we all like, put him lower than this? Because, because there's so many good players at him. I think there's just so many oh, good players like, and it was the first time we saw him play at a LAN and do that. I guess is really the only reason. I think if he does it again, I'll move him up the list again. It's just that that was the first LAN we saw him at and he was insane. But we've seen other players be insane at multiple LANs and those are the players that I have above him. Yeah. That, like, that is the only reason. The players above him have played more lands and have been insane yeah. at more lands. Yeah. But he yeah, can move much. up more. So if he does I it also, again. I low-key gave all the chamber players a little bit of a fucking nerf because of the <laughs> method that I did this, in which I actually feel like people who are locked into chamber rules, not because of the patch or anything like that, but I think that just makes them a less dynamic player. Uh, again, not just because of their role, but because of the character that they play in the game. Like they're not going to be able to do what Shao does in certain instances. Uh, like the game has to come to them in a lot of cases. They don't have the same clutch potential as a lot of these other guys. And that for me was actually very important in, in terms of where I was ranking some of these guys who play chamber. Um, not that the guys above are getting that hit hard, but uh, artist was way lower for me, actually. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on to number five. Number five is in five golden rings. We've got Sagetsu, who's definitely moved up the list. The most Nats-like player of 2022. Amazing flexibility with world-class game sense to boot, Yeah, says Bren about Sagetsu. I agree with Bren. Bren's, <laughs> Bren, there's Bren, and there's Bren without glasses yep. below him. It was one of my biggest disappointments <laughs> of Copenhagen was that Sagetsu didn't look very much like Bren in real life. Yeah, <laughs> it is just one because in that it's the when one you shot. not even close when you look at them in this, it looks like you can see the resemblance. It's right? like Bren on the bottom, and then Bren if he committed yeah. a crime and he's wearing a disguise. <laughs> he's on, it's just yep. he's grown out of the stash to elude the the authorities. <laughs> disguise, like I take it off, and the nose comes off, and the mustache comes off, the glasses. Um, but Sagetsu was ranked 16th for Copenhagen, moved up the list pretty significantly. I mean, makes sense. He was just fucking bananas at the event he just yeah, yeah. he showed up now, and he was the the catalyst to push fpx over the edge and just win everything i did have him lower uh, <laughs> but not much lower 
but the same points for Shao, I think, can apply to Sagetsu, and it's almost even more impressive because of the roles that he's playing. Um, in terms of the flexibility, he's playing a tons of different stuff and still putting up crazy numbers. Uh, it's uh, I use Nats like as almost a comparison because I think that is the closest we've got to it, where you see a superstar level performance and are not playing a duelist, are not playing something that enables that and amplifies that. He is playing a, a role that typically you know is on the sidelines, is more supportive. But the guy was a demon. He was a fucking demon with minimal practice coming into the event, uh, and it's been like that I think as well online for him as well through numerous circumstances. So. Yeah, expect him yeah. to, to carry on as well. I think Sugetsu's the player that was clearly the best player for them online, and it actually became a bit more muddied when it was offline because so many other people on the team were playing incredibly too. Mm. Artis and Shao had such great events at Copenhagen that it actually became a bit of a toss-up who the best player or like an MVP caliber player was for FPX. Yeah. But to me, Sugetsu deserves to be ranked the highest coming into champions from FPX because he has all of that... You know, like we've seen it from him for so long online and now we've seen it at a LAN event too. And his addition was, yeah, the thing that got them all the way through the lower bracket. Um, I think, yeah, I think he absolutely deserves this spot in the top five. Number four. The number Angel, four. I guess. <laughs> number all the FPX players. It is Durky. Still a top chamber in the world, but slips down the list after a modest showing at Copenhagen. How did you know? How did you know? How did I know what? Flips down the list. He was just referencing his own list. I was list. referencing my own list. Oh, okay. And which also, my putting him lower on the list will also influence the aggregate list. <laughs> Unless everyone put him at number one still for some reason. Um, but I, yeah, I, I had Durka move down my list a bit because while he's still amazing and definitely in the top ten, uh, he had a, I mean, this is what I said. He had a modest showing. He had some, he had a sick game at the beginning and then it was just, he was good. It was kind of weird as he well was, with, but with Durka because there was some games where he didn't turn up, but he was, he had his, like his teammates were playing really well. Um, and then there were other games where he played really fucking well. It was like almost alternating. It felt like with Fnatic, the stars didn't align in many of their matches where all of the team was playing yeah. top form. Yeah. Um, it was like they were taking turns. You, you had know? Boaster having to drop 30 in order to get him through that bye yeah, game against yeah. Leviathan. He's, he's like, it's my <laughs> turn to carry. <laughs> um, but I, I had you, Dirk lower. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused as to how this has happened. If, <laughs> will there be a player that uh, is accurate? I don't know. If you, this game was <laughs> unbelievable levels from Durka. Uh, if you take this game out of the running, Durka had a very modest performance at this event. Um, it wasn't up to his level at all. I, I don't think he should be dragged down into like, you know, the, the depths because of that though, because we've seen him pop off at like the previous Reykjavik. We've seen him go crazy at champions um, and, you know, unfortunately didn't get an opportunity to play at this Reykjavik. But he's done it before in the past I think that is a blip. And he's done it online as well. That's the other thing. His online yeah. performances have all been pretty spectacular this year. So I think he still deserves a spot. I hope we don't knock him down even further. I hope he's able to actually live up to that and showcase the, the battle that we all wanted of the like, the Durka, yay, who's the best in the world? It just didn't happen at Copenhagen. They both had their slip-ups at different times. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else on, any other, anything else on Durka? shall we move on oh really i just i'm thinking about what the top three is now i think it's pretty clear but i'm very 
I, I'm a couple misses so far, I think, uh, from the top ten. Mm. Well, maybe the maybe the miss is coming up right now. Number three. Number three. Forsaken oh, and number three. Outstanding talent and a hive mind connection with the rest of his team. Champs will be Forsaken's tournament. Brennan Hook. I Adam higher. <laughs> so discrepancies being found here. But this guy is a fucking freak when he plays Jet. He is the 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 literal spearhead for this team in terms of them having impact in rounds. He plays the cool shit for them when they play these wacky neon comps as well. And a, a large portion of it just wouldn't work if he wasn't an absolute demon. Um, and yeah, we're going into, uh, I think, a meta where you're really going to start to see as well some of the roles where he's more comfortable on shine. This guy, I'm, I'm expecting big things of Zaken, but I mean, I've already been saying that the whole, the whole episode, I think, with relation to where I think Paper X might be. Yeah, this is, I think, the, yeah, I mean, I had him a little bit lower than this, but makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. I mean, just one of the god duelists of the game currently, and the, the critical piece of Paper Rex's entire approach just simply doesn't work. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's hard to imagine it working with, without a, mm -hmm. a player like him, and he's the only player like him. I mean, there's no other player in the world that makes the Yoru work. Not that they necessarily need the Yoru to be good on, on, the, on like, bind or anything, but, um, you know, to, to play some of the comps that they do and everything. I mean, he's just one of a kind. He was ranked number six for us in Copenhagen, so he has moved up the list, which does make sense given that Paper X had uh, such a deep run. I had him... A lot lower than this. <laughs> Me too. Mm. I had him a lot lower than this. Not not outside of the top ten. I had him in the tenth position. Okay. But that is in context of this a lot, a lot lower. lower. But and the reason that I did is because when you think about how Paper X works, you are correct in saying that Forsaken is the tip of the spear, etc., etc. And I I think you're accurate as well in that there's not many players out there that could do it as well as Forsaken. But also Forsaken gets the entirety of the strats built around him in almost every map. It doesn't matter whether he's playing as the tip of the spear or the chamber lurk when they play Ascent and Haven. He's having strats built around him finding timings or him getting opening duels. And he, for all of the resources that are poured into him, he doesn't actually produce much more than other top-tier duelist players. He's not gapping other duelist players that are in his similar role, despite the amount of resources and the entire thing being built around him. I think he's an extremely good player, but I think he's not actually the most crucial piece of the puzzle. I think it is possible that if you put another really top player into there, into the strats, that they might be able to pull it off in a similar method. I think about what he was doing at Copenhagen, where he was being set up perfectly by Benkai and the rest of the team to get on these chamber lurks, and yet he's still, you know, over pushing and dying and messing it up. Or when he's taking fights and the style that he plays is being empowered to the max. Yeah. But he still couldn't find value against a team that was, admittedly, hard countering him in the final stuff like, you know, the, the FPX bind and they weren't comfortable running the Yoru in one of their previous you... games on bind as well. I think Forsaken's a great player. Being. But I don't think he's a stats Steven. It's not about the stats Steven. It's about, I don't think Forsaken is I don't think he's making the best decision. I don't think he's gapping other people when he's playing like the brain role on Chamber. I think other people could play that role better than him actually mm -hmm. when he's in that role. And when he's the tip of the spear, no one else plays like him. You're absolutely right there. But I'm, if I'm imagining other people being put into his role, 
I think they would do about as well because the majority of it is being part of the system and a really good fragger. He's most of the time running like a, 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 a strat, a set play. It's not yeah. having sure. to rely on yeah. him being But if you're comparing individually him to nuts. other players who are playing his role, a lot of those teams are not going to have a secondary heavy hitter in the form of Jing. Some I teams mean, do. A, a lot of teams that we're talking about here do. I mean, FPX have got f- fucking four heavy hitters. Sure. I don't even yeah. know how you would compare those two teams. But like, Fnatic but definitely a lot more do. Equal. Yeah, but Fnatic, they don't show up at the same time. They have they done online. Recently. They didn't do a Copenhagen, yeah. but they have done every time that they've played online. But, but I think, I think, when isn't I think that an argument taken, for Jing being incredible? Oh, well, he's on my list. Okay. He's up there in my oh, number one. Fucking shit, Dude. he's on your list. I, and I'm t- I'll tell you right now, I think when you, if you're just purely comparing Forsaken, I understand your point. I think you've, you've got valid yeah. points. I think Josh is being an eye test Earl. I don't think that's <laughs> yeah. a sure, no, 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 it is. You can't downplay that's the not, eye not test by I'm calling not, me not, an eye test Earl. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to... That does make it sound like I'm downplaying it. But well, I test Earl using his saying, brain. No, actually, it's actually just like the beta stat Steven versus the Giga Chad eye <laughs> test Earl. It is, it is valid I, what you're saying. An, I'd, I, I test Earl is fine with me. And I, I appreciate <laughs> the point you're making. The point you I made like point saying that you, you compare him to other players in his role. Yeah, and he doesn't put up that big numbers despite the fact of being supported. I think yes. I think that takes away from the fact that he's also got other players who are also putting up insane numbers alongside him. It dilutes that if you're just purely looking at those stats. I know you're not right. I know no, you're I know, not. I know yeah, what my you point mean. Is, a lot of teams do rely on that one player, that one player to carry them through, yeah. time and time again. And it, dude, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking about this. All, my I, all you need to know is fighting. <laughs> Fucking piss. I, I want to hear why um, Bala had him lower, though, as well. Because Bala said that he didn't rate him as highly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the same reasons, honestly. I, I Again, I fucking methodical. Like, I went through, like, the crazy. The decision-making, his fucking score went so far down. Because he's just constantly over-pushing. And in some instances, beating when the play has already worked. Right? And for you to be a great player, you can't do that. In my mind. I, I like, put so much weight into that. I don't agree with the fact that he like is replaceable. I think maybe in some aspects, like especially when he plays Neon, maybe. But you need the the balls of Forsaken to be able to fit into Paper X's yeah. team. The problem, the biggest problem for me with Forsaken is that those balls disappeared in a lot of fucking instances. <laughs> Sometimes those shits just shriveled up, and he stopped going <laughs> for those aggressive plays. Like I don't know how passive his Yoru was against uh, who was it. I forget who they were playing against, but you, you go from the first time they play against Fnatic, and then the rest of the time they play the Yoru, uh, he's just, just throwing his fucking TP into spawn. He's never trying to get those crazy plays off. And while that's a good game plan potential switch, I think he's bad at that. I think he's bad at playing passive. And I think that is potentially a major reason why Paper X can get hard countered is because of Forsaken specifically, and that is a major shortcoming in his game. So that's why he was so low for me. Mm, so low wait how low not lower than you you're fucking uh eighth hey, okay, okay okay yeah so even yeah. even the people that are lowest on forsaken still have him well within the top 10 i have him in my top 10 lower than this as well right but um that's I, reasonable. I, I don't want this to be like a forsaken's a bad player he isn't no. Ent- no. he isn't at all but <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, mimi must have him at like number one or two or something as well but uh, we'll, we'll see yeah we'll 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 see we'll see It'll be nice to make fun of Mimi while she's not here to defend herself and blame her for 
all of the list's <laughs> shortcomings. All right, number two. Number two is in... Forsaken has two balls. <laughs> We're talking a lot about the It's Jing. <laughs> if Forsaken goes crazy, Jing goes dumb stupid. Dump stupid. Did I, dump did I, stupid. Did I write dumb? dumb no, that's dumb. ball. That ball. <laughs> did, well, you both I, wrote the same I, thing? Well... No, I thought I wrote that. Jingos. I, Jingos. That does sound like a Bren comment. I did typo, so maybe that made you think a little bit. Dump stupid. He was rated 11th for Copenhagen, but he went dump at I can't. He went dump at Copenhagen, and now he's a number two. When we did ahead our, of Forsaken, when we did our top 20 for Copenhagen, I said I was underrating him at sixth. Do you have him at two this time? I have him at lower or higher? Higher. 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 You both have him at number one. Really? Josh and I are fucking brain melding, bro. Like literally everything, <laughs> every single player we ranked perfectly. <laughs> perfectly you according to only us. Have him at number one. Yeah. Shall I tell you why? Because he dumpsters people. Because I mean, even yeah, when he's his team, a fucking god, even bro. when his team is losing, he, he destroys yeah. because yeah. he can make stuff work that no one else can. He, he, when he takes bad fights, they look like good fights because he's so skilled. And I think what's so impressive to me about Jing, and I said this the last time we made a top 20 is, so many of the resources in Paper X go to Forsaken. And what the resource that Jing is using is Forsaken making space for him. And Jing uses that space superbly. I mean, he follows up that Forsaken space creation and just hits every shot. And he doesn't overfit. It looks like he should overface and feed, but he just wins. He just wins. He doesn't overfit. He's just chasing his ace. Well, yeah, he's just chasing his ace. But, yeah. but the thing he's is, very he's backed up too in that clip, so it's like also a good play too. If, if, Jing, was, if Jing had ever had a map where he started feeding, I would, I would, you know, be scolding him. But at this point, it feels like he, he hasn't met an opposition that can shut him down. The Paper X has. Paper X can be shut down. In the finals against FPX, even on maps where they... Well, no, not even on maps where they got dominated because the 13-3, it's pretty difficult to do well. But in the series overall, Jing was still a freak. In this tournament, Jing was incredible. In the previous tournament, Jing was incredible. He just looks like he's better than even the people who are the best in the game. He sure. just looks crazy. I, I have him the number one position off the back of that. I couldn't last event because he'd only done one LAN, but back-to-back -back LAN events being like one of the best performers you possibly have. And, and the fact that the other number one performers of Ye and Durka, like the other people in contention, didn't have great events recently. Get the fuck into the number one I'm, position, I'm, Jing. I'm not, yep. I'm not mad also at Also had it, COVID. Yeah, yeah, COVID and he was popping off. I'm not, I'm not mad I'm at it. happy with this. But, is this higher <laughs> or lower? Exactly <laughs> what I want, Jing. This is exactly what I wanted. Now, who the fuck? I mean, number one's got to be. What do you mean, mean who's number like, one? There's only one player left. There's many players missing of my top ten. It's FNS. <laughs> number one. Who do we got? Who do we got? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. In a shocking reveal, <laughs> number one is Kid Name Finger. I fucking hate this. Holy shit. Walter. In a shock reveal, Walter. <laughs> what is going on? 
This is what we reveal, bro. We've been trolling you this entire time, bro. <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, you, you remember when we did the agent ranking? Y'all didn't have Mike at number one. I was the only one. Uh, it's yay. I, here's my quote. Yay is still the best. Haters out. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my quote for yay. Because I still think he's the best. And I've had enough of the haters, too. Okay. Mm -hmm. I like yay. I, All your quotes sound like fucking Power Ranger intros, bro. Like, they <laughs> jump on the screen. Out. <laughs> Dude, I... Uh, yay. Still really good. Yeah. And he's, he's, I don't. Sure. I don't. He was agree. so really good at Copenhagen too. Pe people's argument will be he didn't have a good tournament in Copenhagen but he did because they because they're thinking of that the beginning Dude. of it. But Dude. my God, the fucking bounce back yeah. that this guy had was just impeccable. There's no player that strives to the level of perfection that Ye does. I feel like to the same extent that he does. There are players that obviously try to play perfectly. There's, there's players that obviously they're all everyone's trying to improve if you're a pro player at this level. But Ye. It is just he's driven by some fucking uh, some unholy deity behind him he was like it's he not was a possessed, deity he was possessed yeah. as an infant and he is el diablo in the flesh man the guy the yeah. guy's the guy's demonic he had an incredible bounce back in his form now i had him lower again <laughs> but not much lower yeah oh, I, yep yeah he yeah. really is like fucking johnny blaze just made a deal with the devil <laughs> But now he just games. Wait, <laughs> what did you say, Josh? His playoffs performance was nasty. Really yeah. nasty. I mean, if you only look at what he did in the playoffs, he was, was really yay. Good. He was yay. Yeah. He just had a, a slow beginning to the tournament, and it was a bit rough. But once he got to the games that really matter in the playoffs, he played as well as his previous events. Yeah. And anybody that has him outside of, you know, like a, a top three kind of placement is way overreacting to a bad group stage i think i agree i agree I just, for me it's just the it's the consistency it's the consistency has just been there for so damn long um so i i, I had him this is where i had him i put yay at number one um i, I had my number one pick. i give yay number two specifically just number one chamber nerf not not chamber nerf, but my internal brain chamber nerf, where I just don't think that he's in the position to be able to make consistently great player plays. The play has to come to him, mm. and that sucks for a great player. But he's still like like you said, he is striving for mechanical perfection. He's striving for uh, so much, but there's just not that much more to go for when you're playing chamber. Meanwhile, Jing, like Josh was kind of talking about. This guy understands timing like no other. And so I've never seen a player like that. He consistently, you know that that steal video that's like, is it if you make a good if you get kills, but it's a bad play, make sure you think of it as a bad play. He make Jing makes me completely think the opposite of that. Every time I see him jump through a smoke, I'm like, that was a bad play. But it worked again. And it worked again. And it worked again. It's 80% of the time it's working. I'm like, dude, he, there's something else that he understands. And you were talking about it, Josh. It's like the understanding of the spatial awareness or whatever, but there's think, something else. I think Ye at times has showcased a similar skill as well, actually. When you think about like uh, how good Optic used to be on Haven, I think on their attack side, 
part of that was doing the same thing, where they would load resources into Victor, and Victor would just in there, and just his job is to just tie everyone up in a big bundle at the back of the side, and yeah, you can just stroll on in and kill everybody. And that, I think, is a, a similar kind of dynamic to what was working and has been working incredibly well for Paper Rex. Um, but there are times where I think I agree with you, Barlow, where Ye isn't being set up to succeed in the same way. Um, but I, I still think he's a phenomenal player. I think he can still have crazy impact on the game. And actually, you, when his team struggles, he seeks out more impact. It, he has an awareness of, I need to hard carry these, mm -hmm. this game. If you watch him on those, you remember those few Icebox games where his team was just yeah, falling to pieces around him. He was hunting for impact, going all over the place, trying to hard carry. So I think Ye can do that when it's required of him. Which um, was a big difference between him and Durka at Copenhagen. Durka was just letting the game fall away, like sitting in bind showers, right? Cool. Whereas Ye is the guy who will swap consistently, trying to exactly read where players are going, rather than just blindly going with whatever the setup is you know? yeah all right let's take a look at our top 20 lists overall you want to start with mimi <laughs> let's start with mimi yes okay yes yes i do <laughs> let's start with mimi oh the main the aggregate list Oh, yeah, let's oh, look at the sure. full aggregate list. Okay. So we've seen the top 10. We know what that is. But now let's go down to 11. Number 11, we have Ospos. Um, yeah, and we have, like, the, the score differential. This was, so. this was exactly my top 10 as well, just in a slightly different order. Um, which is kind of bonkers. It was almost mine. No, almost I had Sugar mine. Zero in my top 10. Mm, That's the only difference. Really? I, uh, it was almost mine. I had Ospos in my top 10. Yeah. Um, Dude, Kang Kang. I had Ospos really high, actually. Well, After Ospos, yeah, quite a drop-off, though. Uh, that's high. 52 points for Ospos. For, for reference, so people kind of see where we're at. Like, um, number, number 9 was Scream with 61. Alfier, number 10 with 60. Ospos, number 11 with 52. And then the next is Can Can with 39. So well, there's a bit of a drop between 11 and 12. What's interesting about that as well, there is quite a drop between 10 and 11 even. Like, that's a full eight-point difference compared to only one point between sure. 10 and 9. Sure. That indicates like a, a, a decent consensus of what the top 10 looks like. Yeah. I, I want to talk about Can Can though for a second because if we're... We've got him in the top 20, which is what we normally talk about, you know, top 20 players or whatever. We just do the top 10 on this show, but... Yeah. Kang Kang is a player that I feel is impossible to rate because he's yep. just obliterating everybody in the like, I guess you could call it like tier 1.5 where he's only played against the LCQ teams, not the you teams that are already... tier two. It's Korean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but they, I mean, he smoked them. I mean, even North Epson, who made it to a previous yeah. international event, it just got smoked. Uh, is there a world where Kang Kang is like, actually a top five player and we're just you know trying to be yeah civil about we're going to be living in in a couple of weeks <laughs> i'm not i'm saying that with complete seriousness this isn't a joke yeah this isn't a joke i've just all of this edward did and i say all of this edward gaming like it's tons of people it's just a it's a very vocal group it is and i loved uh, doing the co-streams for edward gaming late at night because i had that vocal group in yeah. my chat and it's it's the amount of it's it's how did you describe it previously like the the type of people that 
they're, they're jumping on the niche thing ahead of time. Yeah, it's the people uh, yeah, that yeah. thought Korea was going to be the best, and now so they're jumping on yeah. China. This is the, the the problem is everything I'm witnessing here. I've been there before. <laughs> Who have you been there before with? I remember what it was like to believe in North Eption. North Eption? No, this <laughs> is not like North Eption. Like this is not the same. This is like this is like watching paper wrecks. Uh, the, but but sloppier, sloppier, but with crazy talent. Uh, I think I think Kang Kang. I think that whole team is a dangerous upset team. But the what's what's got what's getting me is they absolutely diffed everyone who wasn't the star player on those teams in LCQ. I mean, Meteor hung on, and everybody else just got pounded into the dust. I mean, that includes Zenfu as well, who was playing well against the other teams. So, if we're talking about only that caliber of player being able to match up skill-wise against the EDG players. We're talking about, like, you know, the players in the top 20 of champions are going to yeah. be able to hang on, and some of the others are going to struggle. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is a scary prospect, especially if teams haven't had time to play against them, as Bala was saying earlier. They're, they're going to relentlessly int. Their play style is going to take a lot of teams off guard. A lot of teams, I think. Um... Dude, I I'm actually a bit annoyed. I saw I that list ten points for Sadak at the uh, uh, with the aggregate. Well, let's, let's keep on, going bro. down a little bit. So at number thirteen, we had. Could you go up a little, Kurt, just so I can for the audio sake. At number thirteen, we had Cryo, fourteen second, fifteen Sugar Zero, sixteen Mako, seventeen Mind Freak, and then who do we have after that? Yampy, Asuna, Derek, um, Kesnet. Just Kesnet is number 21 on this list. Yeah, Sadok <laughs> with only 10 points. Hey, it's 21 for me too. I had a tough time rating... I had a tough time rating the loud players. I still had Ospos really fucking high because I, I think that even despite loud playing poorly, I still think he is in the... I think he's in the, the highest tier of Duelist. Yeah. Um, so I still rated him really high on mine. And then I the only then other player the that I had from... Then, what's up? Alfie Scream and uh, who's above... That, oh, I mean, it's just literally high tier duelist right next to him. Yeah, 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 pretty much. But I just put him above him, and then I, I had less, <laughs> quite low on mine. But let's just look. Yeah, we sure we can look at mine first. The only one that the only one that I'm not liking is uh, that I have stacks on mine. I should have put Mako instead of stacks. So you can just imagine Mako's in 14 and not stacks. I, um, I I wanted to put stacks towards the bottom of the top 20 list. I can't remember whether I did in the end. I, I think he's still an incredibly good player. That is somewhere around that kind of spot. I think so. Yeah, I kind of think so too, but I would have moved him maybe lower and have Mako there instead. But regardless, I also, I wanted to squeeze Laz onto my list because I feel like no matter what happens with Zeta, he's going to go crazy. Yeah. He's just been sick at every fucking land he's been to. I, I think, I, I feel like there's just a strong chance, even if they go out in two, that Laz is still going to show up to land, deliver some great moments and have a great performance no matter what role he's playing. So I wanted to squeeze him on the list um, somewhere towards towards the very end of it, but, you know, towards the end of the top 20 because I don't really suspect that Zeta will be making it that far, but maybe they'll, uh, you know, surpass those yeah. expectations. And yeah. the crazy thing is I can't really fault your list too much. I mean, it's, I it's, it's way fair. different to me, but it's not like I'm looking at this list and I don't think any of these players deserves to be in the top 20. I think Aspas really needs to turn up again in order to justify a number two spot. I think it's it's possible, 
But Loud would have to have one hell of a run because, I mean, number two in the world is absurdly high for anybody yeah. to be at, right? You have to have yeah. a very good resume to be in contention for that kind of stuff. I've, I really think he is that good of a, duel, of a duelist. It's just that Loud didn't have the performance uh, to showcase it over and over mm. at, the, at the event. Yeah, but, I, but he kind of needs so to work on uh, like his game sense decision making uh communication smokes communication <laughs> smokes <laughs> yeah his jazz smokes are really bad actually <laughs> jazz smokes are really terrible i think the mind freak recency bias has slipped into everybody's list apart from mine i stand strong yeah, against I, the mind freak i i that one con that concerned me too let's know, let's josh. look at josh's list here you got jing yay marv sugetsu it's a reasonable top four. The, the top That's 10 is literally the same as our four. top 10. But yeah. outside of that, I've got, like, I have two of the, the, the ones that are going to be most wrong, I think, at least most wrong from a results basis, is probably Sugar Zero and Laz because I don't think they're going to make it out of groups. If they do make it out of groups, they're probably going to go on a bit of a run and look good. I think they're talented enough to make it into the top 20, though, whether or not they go deep. I think those players have showcased that they are really good players. Laz has been to many events and performed very well even when his team was sucking. And Sugar Zero is one of the best smokes players we have here. I've rated him third on this list behind Mako. But I, Scream is six. So I, far. I think Scream's nasty. And I, when we talked about him, I think he can move up as well. Um, yeah, I've, I've underrated Kang Kang deliberately because I didn't want to hop on the hype train. Don't attract the Same. ire. Same. Yeah, I've, uh, like I very they, deliberately they rated him great, down, but I, they might. They, they, I didn't put any Edward Gaming players on my list, and they, listen, they might oh, be fucking great. But I also I really wanted to put nobody I mean, on the it list. Scares me. Instead of uh, Asana at twenty, I, I was thinking really between Asana, Stax, nobody. and nobody. Nobody is fantastic, but he hasn't showcased it at a big event against top competition yet. So. If I was to do this list at the end of Champions, I expect it will be. It will probably have. Far more, um, maybe not far more, but you know, at least another EDG player on it. Because to me, nobody is in contention for one of those slots. But you know, when you weigh it up, nobody and Stacks, Stacks has showcased it at multiple international mm -hmm. events. Nobody looks arguably better, but I think Stacks would have looked the same had he played in that LCQ because DRX would have rolled everybody too. All right. Yeah. Who are we gonna, no faults with your at? list. Thumbs up, Josh. Very nice. Who are we looking at? Who are we Mimi. looking at? Let's look at We Mimi. gotta see Mimi's. <laughs> we have to see Mimi's. What has Mimi gone and done here? Yay okay, number yay. one. Jing, Jing number two. Artist number three. I like Shout it. Number four. Alpha your number five. And this is where we get fucking wacky. <laughs> can can at number six. Can can number six. Ahead of Forsaken, Durka, Wait, Scream, Jing at number two and <laughs> Jing at number Jing 11. Is <laughs> Did she for, for, those, for those wondering, I did not count the points twice for okay, Jing thanks. on Mimi's list. <laughs> what did you even do with this? Did you just leave out the number 11? Yeah, I just didn't add those points. That's <laughs> Mimi's done this in a stupor. So we have Jing in number 2 and 11. Second on the list at 12. I think Melser at 19 is interesting. Dude. Mako Mind Freak Marved. Marved in that order. 17. Marved is 17. I mean, now we know why Marved tanked <laughs> on the list. <laughs> now we know why. Oh my Eight. god. Holy shit. Blow Mako and Mind Freak. Derek also at number 13, which I can understand if he performs like he did at NALCQ. Yeah. I didn't have him on my list at all, though, because 
I just don't know whether that's feasible to to clutch oh. with that consistency internationally. I don't I don't see it happening. It'd be fucking yeah, awesome if he did though. though. I put Arsenal. I, awesome I believe he's going to be a land demon. You think yeah. he's going to be a demon? I mean, he's got the right attitude, I think, to be a demon. Exactly. Got the maturity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I put Arsenal and Derek on my list it's kind of as like a predictive. I guess I just have them going through their group. I think they're going to go through the group. And I think if if that ends up being the case, I imagine Arsenal and Derek will be crucial huh. parts of that. You know, I, I want to point Austin out. Arsenal was well. just insane in LCQ. So I think it's yeah. fair to try to leave. I, like, he was the only 100 Thieves guy who I got in that list as well. And I think he was. Close to 18th for me. So, like, yeah. very close. But his stats yeah. and his play throughout all of LCQ was so fucking consistent that I had to put him in. I also want to point out that Cryo at 18th might feel like it's, you know, a good nod to Cryo because the team didn't do very well. But Cryo individually was playing fantastically. I think mean, Cryo's too low. He's yeah, way I mean, too low. I would agree. I put him higher than this. But I think, you know, just as an overall perspective, I think a lot of people are going to think about Cryo in this kind of sense. of like, oh, he's a good player, but maybe not the best. Yeah. Because Exet failed. But Cryo and Zekin was a were demon. bopping. They were bopping. So I think, I think they should be, you should be very... There should be a lot of respect on Cryo and Zekin heading into champs, I think. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Not that crazy, though, apart from Jing twice. Let's see Brennan's his Dirk at eight, bro. Oh, my God, you have Kang Kang at fourth. Dude, he's the fucking truth. He's the fucking truth. I hate to feed the fire of these of the, of the, of the, of the armchair the armchair analysts Bren's going for who the are trying to jump on the, the Evil Game and train and everyone else. But this guy's the fucking truth. The only players that are going to be able to shut this guy down are in that top ten. He's going for the viral moment. They, they, these are the, it's not even a viral moment. This is genuinely, I'm passionate. But I'm, I'm sat here and I'm accepting the criticism. I'm seeing you guys go, oh, Kang Kang's at six, it's way too high. And I'm sitting down, I'm, I'm simmering. I'm <laughs> fucking simmering. But this guy is going to come out. And I think the only players that are going to be able to shut down this guy when he fucking rolls over a lot of these teams, they are a dangerous upset team coming into champs, is going to be the players in that top 10 list. Um, I think Marved and Xiao and Zekin and Scream are also going to be able to do that. And that's getting down into your, you know, like your top 20. I think a quarter of the players in the tournament are going to be able to bring it to Kang Kang. But those quarter players are not all condensed on one team. But I, I, I think there is a world where we come out the end of champions and Bren and Mimi are the most correct about Kang Kang. He looks, yeah. not, he looks nasty. Dude, I've seen anything's possible. I know he's playing against absolute poop tier opponents in LCQ. <laughs> Like, listen, the competition is not good in, L- in, that, in the East Asia LCQ. Like, no, no, listen, I don't mean to disrespect a lot of the teams in that, but I'm watching it, and it's just, it's just all over the place. But the one thing that you can tell immediately is just the confidence and the fucking raw mechanical skill and the fundies sure. that they trade each other out with. You don't lose that necessarily against best teams. You can disrupt oh, it. Better, good teams can really fucking mess you up. You, t- you take an issue with the statement, Bala? I'm just, I'm, I want to ask you what else outside of the fucking mechanics, uh, mechanics yeah. and the fundies, they because the fundies a is a team they don't, thing. They don't have a good, team thing. They don't have good strats. They, they lean on that so it's not, heavily. I'm not even asking about the team. I'm asking what else has impressed you about him specifically? Because I haven't, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he doesn't have these skills, but I haven't seen good decision making. I've seen playmaking in the sense that he can frag, but is he going to be the guy who like saves he, a fucking lost round? Because yes, of absolutely, he's a crazy player in terms of he creates a ton of space for them when he's playing the chamber. He will actively push and do dumb plays, the quote unquote dumb plays that Jing makes look good plays. I'm not comparing him to Jing, Jing in the same capacity, but he will make those plays. And Edward Gaming are not the kind of team where they're going to waste that 
space that he has bought. That space does not get wasted. It gets traded out. It gets played off of. Life will fucking spray down two players and look like Trent in prime form. Like, fucking nobody will be picking the most impeccable of timing. This guy is such a smart initiator player. He will pick a good timing as well to play off of a lot of what gets made by Kang Kang. And I think this team... They don't have a lot going for them in terms of the, the strategy, but this is not the fucking top 20 strategy list. This is my top 20 players in terms of the fucking raw ability. And Kang Kang is near the fucking top. It's going to take a top player to put this guy down. I, I think of him more like Laz in the sense that his mechanics are good. The positioning that he chooses is good, but he's not going to get you. I mean, maybe, maybe he's he should be in the top 10, something like that, but I don't see him as a great player i think which fourth is a great player level yeah i mean you this know? is a prediction for champs for me champions is the only way that these kind of questions are going to get answered because we haven't seen him compete against the best teams in the world i mean the best team that he played on that run in lcq was northampton who went out in mm. what was it 10th or something yeah like copenhagen. copenhagen yeah is what i mean so yeah. you know they they slaughtered a top 10 team but there's teams that are up at like the fifth sixth position that would do a similar thing it's hard to say exactly where where he would land they they have the third best trading by the stats out of all of the teams coming into the tournament but that doesn't surprise me in the slightest because no. second they, then uh second is 100 thieves on stiff so i think the but it's a very different style. FPX and 100 Thieves are like, you know, hold angles for each other, slowly take space, <laughs> that kind of thing. These guys are just, they're running, they're running uh, help defense all the time. Mm. You know, one player takes a fight, the other sprints away from their position to try and go and help them. And I think they leave a lot of holes in their game, but no one can exploit it because they can't make decisions as quickly as EDG do. Yeah. But that will happen, gonna I think, get, at International. They're going to get so fucking exploited. Guys, I'm sorry, but this hype trend is fucking crazy. If you think <laughs> about, like, comparing comparing their style to Paper X and it's like, what the fuck? These executes that they throw are ass. Like, they're <laughs> so bad, bro. Like, there's yeah, they're not, good, they're not a good, team good utility by no, nobody or whatever initiator. Ah, dude, these fucking executes are ass. There's... Oftentimes, there's a guy in like a, a, a turret spot where he's just like gonna fucking sit there and you have to clear him out with utility. And if you don't, then he's gonna get a kill. But they kill that guy because they're playing an East Asia LCQ. That's not gonna happen, bro. If you fucking leave gaps in your execute, sorry, but the turret I, is yay. I disagree. <laughs> I, I mean, dude. I hate to bring it back to one of my favorite quotes from Bren, but everyone's got a fucking plan until you get your head ripped off by a vandal. And they are the <laughs> definition of that kind of team. It doesn't matter uh, about the holes in their game plan because it will be a case of you will see some miraculous shit like somebody has been gifted by God with a spray transfer out of nowhere. I, I, I don't want to keep going on about it because no, no, no. I've made my case. No, no, no. I made my case. Fine. That's going to happen, but they're still going to lose. Okay. Yeah, I, don't, so, I don't think they're going to win. Let's the ball list. Let's look at the ball Sugar list. Sugar Zero in number seven, to me, immediately yeah. stands out as the uh, the highest rating for this guy, as the second best uh, smokes player of the tournament. I, I've been really impressed with watching Sugar Zero even when they didn't make it to Copenhagen, but um, you, you think he's still going to have a spectacular event? I mean, he's, yeah. he was well, like MVP I don't know caliber, if he, the previous one. I don't know if he's going to have a spectacular event. I just think that this guy has insane game sense and, um, like, I don't know, prep or study, I guess, is the word I would use. Like, I think he is a meta, like a trendsetter, 
and a meta definer in the way that he plays his role. And I don't think anybody's capitalized on that same style yet. So I think he will catch people because he plays uniquely with shorties, with the way that he's using his Astra Smokes. Um, similar to the way I felt about Zumba uh, from F4Q last year. I think Zuga Zero takes that to the next level. Uh, and that's why he's up there, but I, I, don't, I don't feel amazing about it. Like, for example, he's really close to Marv. I don't think the gap is one point, you know? Right, um, right. But just comparing him to the other players as well, I, I had to give him a nod. Um, I also... Um, he goes way up because of his game sense, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm t casting the critical eye upon your list here. I see the mind freak recency bias. Don't even want to touch that. Instead, looking one step below, I like the inclusion of Yampi. I also had Yampi in my top 10. What is Nivera doing above him? <laughs> uh, this is actually just like the past Nivera a lot creeping through. I think his performance, I'm thinking uh, specifically about Reykjavik as well. Mm. Um, this guy's a monster online, and he's such a good fucking opera that in these moments, um, he's going to come out and dominate. I think he has some of the most, like, he's yay-esque in the, the way that I watch him. I'm not sure if, like, if I talk to him, if he's going to have the same sort of approach that yay does, but I feel like he takes that methodical, like, let's make sure we understand how all the angles are working uh, type of approach. And because of that, he's a great team player, um, and he has good decision-making because of it, and that's why he's up there. I just rate all of his aspects very highly. And then Kang Kang at 19th, but above yeah. Aspas. Curious. <laughs> Curious. One of these players has played in the Aspas. land final. Curious. <laughs> and dominated. Curious. Aspas, the other has I, I have no The other played against Onslayers in the final. Curious. I, I, dude, I'm just like, I was, I was going through my list of things to rate them on, and I'm like, I think Aspas ints a lot. So I fucking, I'm like, game, game sense down low. Like, playmaking ability, he's there, but a lot of times, it's like fucking crazy situations that his mechanics bail him out of. And so I'm like, yeah, okay, knock him down for that. But bro, he ended up 20th, and I was like, fuck, this is so wrong. <laughs> this is so wrong. And I'm like, fuck it, dude. They went out in groups. I'm just gonna blame it on that. <laughs> Oh my god! Did you did you use a, an algorithmic like five yes. factors kind of system yeah. to rate yep. them? I'll tell you. I'll tell you my five factors. I rated everybody in the tournament: mechanical skill, game sense, uh, playmaking ability slash decision making, or sorry, game sense with decision making, consistency, and then teamwork. Because I'm mm. a sim for teamwork. Bren tried to do that for Overwatch League. Boring. One teamwork. time, and one of the things he chose was when we were planning to have the homestand model where people were traveling all around. And one of the things he ranked that was the same weighting as everything else was travel schedule. And so all of the players and all of the teams, no, sorry, it was a team ranking. All of the teams that were up at the top were just ones that had easy travel schedules. Yep. <laughs> so yep. It was just the whole ranking. But it was, it was still, just, it was, had the easiest no, no, travel. No, because it was still it was the good teams at the top if they had easier schedules. And then if it was 2020. Bad, <laughs> if you had a bad schedule, you got moved down. It was 2020. Everything got cancelled. It's fucking COVID. So the, the, the travel waiting didn't even matter. And do you know what the funny thing was? My APAC ranking was exactly right. <laughs> it was exactly fucking right. Yeah. Even so, with all of that shit. So uh, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> there is no Carlos truth to be might found. Be the truth. There uh, is no truth to be found. Okay, there's one final question with this that, that has to be something we, with the final thing with the list. Who's, who's number 21? As in the player that we're going to Yeah, who's the, who's the player that is being underrated? 
It could be Can Can on our list because wait, did you have him on? I had him very or you low. Had him very low. Oh, okay. So it could be him on mine. I, didn't I had him sixteenth or something. Yeah. Well, Can Can was in our top twenty. Like, aggregate. yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, let's do it. We could do the aggregate top 20. The literal top 21 player? Who's the literal one? The could literal be, one is Kesnet. It could be nobody. I think um, we've got Derek at 19. I was pretty surprised there. that nobody really had Sadak in their lists. I think if you go... Is Asana and Derek are tied, or is it... Oh, it's... No, it's not. It's just... We're missing if Loud go on the revenge tour, it could be any not Aspas player. Yeah. Yeah, could be. I mean, if I think they, it might be Sadhak personally, but again, I'm high up on loud, so. I think, you give the, dude. Actually, I'm really proud of us right here. We didn't give any of the fucking IGL buffs, like except for Bren probably in his list. If you look, at yeah, his I, list, I had probably. Benkai and Sadhak in my top twenty. Yeah, but but that's still so much better than last time, bro. Last time there was some IGL cope. Yeah, and I decided last time I had Sadhak going into this in my list. I, I was, I think I was looking at your champions power rankings or whatever, and I'm like, <laughs> or and I was like, dude. How do I, I how do I actually get this, dude? They're not rating IGLs. I'm like, I thought about it this time. Like, that's stupid. Why would you rate? I, there should be they're they're completely separate in a different list. That's how you should do it because it's completely unrelated to player yeah. level. Um, uh, yeah. That I just yeah. didn't rate IGLs. And also, the so IGLs I'm actually I'm over the IGLs. the IGLs didn't play incredibly at um, Copenhagen. Bosa had like one a phenomenal map. Benkai didn't play as well as he did online. Asadag still played well, but the team just bombed out. So, I mean, how are you going to rate that? I guess FNS is playing all right, but not yeah, enough to, not enough to get on the list stage, like this. But yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think the top 20 could, could be any player from Loud. I think it's possible. If they go on the run and even just make like top four, literally whoever is the set, like the other player that mm. stepped up for them would pro could be the top 21. Um, yeah, I think... Anyone from Zersha... I mean, surf, surf, scary. No, I don't think any of us had any Zersha players, which I'm sure. Box so, was tied so, for my top twenty-one. Surprisingly, yeah. not scary or surf. I think also the 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 top twenty-one thing is usually someone that goes really deep in the tournament. That's like that people rate because they went super deep. Yeah. So I I yeah. think I think on it. Like, Zipan could be a shout if FBX go deep again and people are like, how the hell don't you have him on the list? He's, yeah, he's really sure. good because he did play well. None of us had um, FNS, right? No. 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 I think FNS might be a shout. If you see Optic go on a tear, like, he's been having good tournaments, FNS, yeah. this year. Like, every single, Reykjavik and Copenhagen, he's been performing really well individually. Yeah, Be better I mean, than he better than he has been in the past. Yes, yeah. not not like a you know not like he's a I star think, player for the team or anything like that. But yeah, he's been playing well. Yeah. Um, I think, I think also, also Mystic and Enzo right. both played pretty poorly at Copenhagen, and I think if either of them play like they do online, or like Enzo did at Reykjavik when he was playing as a sub, then you yeah, might see yeah. those two guys. Well, also that up. game against who was it? Fucking Leviathan. Right, and so, and so went up so many points in my book just because of that game. Yes, the, the crazy clutches that he's pulling off on bind. Yeah. yeah. Also, you know who the if if Hundred Thieves do go on a run, I think Bang could be a Bang. top twenty-one player. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, actually. If if they Absolutely. go on a bit of a run, um, make it out of their group, I think that's. Dude, very what if we possible. go to LAN and Will is a Lanimal? Dude, if we, you're li you're living. I love the, the fact that you've just invented up. this universe, but holy fuck, would that be a good narrative? Holy <laughs> shit. He's just bad online. He's a fucking demon at land. Dude, imagine, I would love that. Imagine if Will is our 21 player. That would be fucking It's possible. I, I think Will? one of these have a good shot at going on at least like a, a, a moderately deep run. 
I think it's very possible. Also, I think they can get out of their group and then, you know, see where it goes there. But uh, Crew could easily get out of that group. Yes, that, that group has can. Crew, Exet, and uh, Zersha, right? Yeah. So either Surf or Kesnit could I mean, Kesnit was literally, he was in 21 <laughs> yeah, on the aggregate 21. list. He very well could be the top 21 player if they yeah. if they go on Nags. Any, any Nags supporters? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> what? No. Uh, that, that was a troll last time. I'm done this time. It, <laughs> uh, you were trolling, but he fucking went crazy in a couple of the games. Yeah, At the very he beginning. He went shit in another, a lot yeah. of the other games. <laughs> yeah. he, he was crazy at the beginning, though. He was crazy at the beginning. Um, all right. RB? Hope. No, fuck yeah. I just don't. I'm just over it. His I'm group just... stage performance was insane, but then he fucking started showing. Well, did we? Uh, yeah. Snooze. I mean, Snooze. Uh, was, was Stax on our top 20? I don't think he ended up being in the top 20. Maybe Stax. Yeah. Dude, we don't have any of the Leviathan players. So maybe like a fucking Taco Not Taco Dude, Taco. that's possible too. I just, yeah. I didn't, here's the thing. I didn't have any of the Leviathan players because I didn't think that there was any one player who was no. that insane at Copenhagen compared to turns. the rest of them. They took turns. Yeah. And Ta then also... Had a good map. Adverso had a couple of good maps. Melsa had a couple of good maps. Yeah. But they didn't do it all at the same time. And I, I, I know it's kind of... It's kind well, of fucking predictive parry, but there's no... But I don't really... The group is fucking tough. Is what yeah, I'm the group, is, the group tough. is tough. And if they just go... Oh, they could go 0-2 and, and play close games and lose. Well, I have and, a good one. Okay. I, I have yeah. a genuine good one. Okay. Uh, Soulcast. Hmm. He's been playing Volkast a lot better. Is always that type of guy who just like suddenly is like playing a new role or something like that, mm -hmm. and he just fucking pops off, you know. And he's just like everybody's like, "This guy should be dropped before the tournament." And they're like, "Wow, this guy's actually good." Wait, what a second! Like that was the Reykjavik story, yeah. and yeah, I think he delivered. Yeah, I can't remember how he played at champs. His first performance at LAN was pretty poor. I can't remember what his champs performance was like. And then this year, Reykjavik, he was pretty decent. Sadly, all I remember is the vanity knife. Yeah, I mean, that was from the first Reykjavik. <laughs> That's yeah. all I remember from the first Reykjavik. Yeah, that, that showcases how much one moment can stick in people's heads. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. that is... Yeah. <laughs> that is all I remember from the entirety of, of that. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Champions aside, there was some other big news this week. Nats. No longer with Mech. It's over. The the Bala, did you did you shed a tear? Did you cry? I did. Going on a I long walk. It's what? over. Uh, it's, it's actually over. I did go on a long walk after I saw the news. I uh, walked around my neighborhood a couple of times. Dude, it's just so sad. It so is pretty I, sad. This, this is the only team that can rival the FPX CIS buff. Fucking insane. And it's just done because Nats leaves. And even if they get somebody else to fucking replace him. Only person who could do it, it gets you. Everybody else, <laughs> sorry, it's not the same team anymore. It's over. I, I also think it's probably not just Nats. I think it's probably just that Nats announced this first. Uh, I think yeah, yeah, of course. Because I think Yinsu has been doing, a, if anyone's unaware, Yinsu's been doing interviews with, and quite frequently with the mech players. Talked to Chronicle, talked to Redgar, um... I can't remember who else she's talked to. Probably Nats at some point too. And this, this YouTube channel only has 5K subs. It deserves more views because they're actually really illuminating. Uh, God mostly. damn, do the SEA fans just love SEA value. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the interview <laughs> like with Blaze King suddenly. <laughs> that's like, yeah, I know. It's crazy. But the, in, 
this one in particular with Chronicle. Chronicle was talking a lot about um, what the team was going through recently with uh, with like thinking about next year because you know they 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 can't represent Gambit at the moment and probably heading into 2023. That's also not going to be the case. So they he was saying that they had people they had teams who were interested, but it didn't work out for one reason or another. But there were still people. There were still orgs very closely keeping their eye on the mech roster if they did well at LCQ. And I think not actually making it to champions, losing in that finals, may have, and this is me speculating, not what Chronicle has said since then, but yeah. may have been a deciding factor as to them not getting picked up by a big organization because that was a a test for like do you still have it can you still make it to the biggest tournaments are you still one of the best teams or should you get scattered and picked up as free agents in that interview one of the goals for the team staying together for chronicle that he stated was he said if we make it to champions yes we'll probably stay together yeah that to me indicates that was really behind the scenes something they were talking about Yes. Uh, not necessarily that that was like the be all end all. Like if they don't make it champions, they're not going to stick together. But I think 100% the offers that are probably going out to some of these guys are way too alluring at this point where the future with Mech, with that team, even though it's a great team, is still uncertain because not many people want to touch a full Ru- Russian roster in this day yeah. and age. Yeah. So. And also, it's not just for political reasons, but also you're limiting yourself to a very narrow talent pool. CIS Valorant is not big. It's very small. Well, and, especially viewership-wise too, yeah. Sure, yeah. And so you're not... I mean, you are getting a popular team because people love mech, but yeah. the player pool that you're getting and the fan base you're getting is not enormous. And so it doesn't look like a tasty prospect from the outside to organizations for multiple reasons. And most of these players have, they're, they're good enough and they have good enough uh, in English skills as well yeah. to be able to play on mixed rosters and you know, go and play in a bunch of different places. I think, I think in a weird way, you can still be excited as a mech fan because you're going to be able to get to see these players perform on other teams and, and still have excellent performances. Yeah, I think a I'm lot sure. of them will end up finding homes. This is the the period of time after champs as well. You're going to see the the big, the huge mix up where rosters are being formed, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm a Plus, little bit cautious about as well Nats's performance in a team like Mech because previously he's attributed to a lot of his success down to the communication and him getting really good yeah. information to make those big plays and and actually perform well. Um, and I wonder. Can you do that in a different system? You know, can you do that in a, in a different team that you haven't been playing with for a very long period of time? That's actually a good point. This is going to be a big test for Nats, I think, because he's going to find a team. No doubt in my mind. He's, yes. He's, I hope so, at least. I mean, the guy's he's the first to announce that he's, uh, yeah. he's got offers. Is also, a very suave intro. These are... <laughs> just glided <laughs> in. These are free agents before a lot of other people are free agents. Yes. If you're thinking about building yeah. a roster for 2023, you've got Mech on one hand, free agents, no buyout, not, you know, they're literally free agents. On the other hand, you've got people who are locked into contracts at least until the end of this year, maybe further with astronomical buyouts. I mean, some of the buyouts I've been told are bonkers, like ludicrous buyouts. And players have not always, I think, aligned their um, end of their contract to the end of this year because 
They might not have known that franchising was happening yeah. next year. They might have thought that their organization was getting in when they sure. don't know whether or not they're getting in. So there could be a lot of players that are tangled in um, large buyouts. The mech players have a an advantage there, a financial incentive to go for them. And they're already really good. So I think they should be fine. I don't really see any of the core four players not getting picked up. Maybe someone doesn't take Shados, but I think that would be a miss. Yeah. Um, I do kind of worry about that specifically. I felt like after Berlin, and this this isn't like, this really shouldn't be taken as a negative, but it will be. And um, either way, I got the feeling that he was focused a lot on what he should be, which is having a successful future no matter what, right? Instantly massive content creation like happening for him. Great stuff, good growth. Um, but you could see that that, I mean, that resulted essentially in a Nats slump uh, after Champions, especially in this year around, um, until LCQ pretty much. I worry the fact that he's the first to do this, the fact that um, I talked about what, what happened last year. I worry that he chases the bag too much and doesn't realize that he could still be on a winning team, you know? Right. He, yeah. If you're the earliest to sign to a roster for next year, you probably don't know what the landscape looks like. I mean, also, the, by the way, the teams don't even know that whether they're in yet. So maybe yeah. the teams have like told somebody, oh, we've got like a really high chance. They've told us we're pretty yeah. much locked in. But yeah. they officially won't get word, according to all the reports, until after Champions, sometime in September, I think, George. Yeah, and that's reported. probably why you're not seeing any of the mech players signed yet, you know? Yeah. You're mostly only seeing T2 players get signed at this point. Because, like for T1, for example. Um, but they but just also, don't know. Get used to this kind of announcement happening because it's going to feel like the sky is falling down at the end of this year. There's going to be organizations after champions that are like, we didn't make it into partnerships and we're trying to sell all of our players. They'll still try to have good rosters if they're continuing within the tier two system for next yeah. year but yeah. they might not be able to hold on to their elite talent because that is supposed to go towards the partnership teams. They're going to want to pay for it. So mm -hmm. yeah. there's going to be more and more announcements like this that appear bonkers, where it's like yeah. fucking, I don't know, CNED's on the open market or, you know, the Nookie, I mean, yeah, not with G2, send, you know, yeah, crazy I mean, shit gonna, like that. There, there's going to be some, I mean, I would imagine G2 is fucking blowing it up and doing a whole new project. Probably. I mean, who needs, who needs Nats the most? G2. <laughs> Cloud Nine. Who needs Nats Bleed the most? Esports. <laughs> Who needs Nats the most? I don't even know how to answer that question because I, I don't mean, know I what roster people are trying use. to. Here's a here's a nice little blank check. What did you say that one time, Bren? Come on, you can come play with Mixwell. <laughs> that still is so funny to me. That that's the. <laughs> That's the pit. Yeah. Mixwell will forever be on that roster. Uh, but just... uh, you can. <laughs> but you know, G two could use them. G two might be going to North America, though. That's the yeah, report, right? Be. So that would be pretty interesting. You know, yeah, I guess you never know. But you know, G two could use them. I think I, I was. I mean, I wasn't even joking. Like, if you're like Cloud Nine or something, fuck it. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, DRX <laughs> needs some fucking bad, bro. DRX. DRX. <laughs> What? That Everybody needs fun. Nats. Let's Again. be honest here. It's fucking Nats. He's the guy who you actually could say they have Nats when talking about a team, yeah, I, right? Yeah. I mean, He's, South Korea is pretty close to Russia. 
<laughs> yeah, it borders Russia. Yeah. Well, not South Korea. There were but... Russian players playing in East Asia LCQ, so I mean, yeah. I don't know. Uh, they, they, um, <laughs> what they need to do is, for the Oceanic team, they need to get Redgar, Chronicle, Nats, and then just <laughs> two Oceanic players <laughs> and just create that <laughs> roster. Yep. Just get fucking crunchy. Yeah. I guess good. Yeah. Crunchy's a good omen. Mm -hmm. Redgar, sorry, you got to switch your role, but yeah. that's fine. <laughs> okay, you can play Kea. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Or Reyna. You can play Reyna and Jet again. <laughs> just on every map, not just Haven. I think the person that's the most, like, not screwed by this, but the person that's going to be most overlooked is probably JD. JD had just started playing well, I think, with Mech. After a bit of a slow start, JD's been a good player. I think he has a lot of promise. I don't think You're he's going to be top of the list. I don't think he's going to be top of the list for partnerships next year when, you know, people like these guys are free yeah. agents. I think JD might get overlooked a little bit and be one of the best players in yeah. Tier 2 next year. Honestly, I don't see JD getting picked up unless somebody's actually making a Russian-speaking roster. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it seems like he's probably going to be in the Tier 2 circuit, I would imagine. Which yeah, isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, war zone or whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, Chronicle. I mean, Chronicle speaks pretty good English as well. I mean, he's doing, like he could. Yeah, those are the players that uh, I don't know. You could definitely see some of the big NA teams taking a chance. Fuck it, Sentinels bringing. I meant the game, by the way. <laughs> just uh, just to clear that out. What? War zone, the game is what JD was playing. <laughs> yeah. I see. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, 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 good clarification, just in case. But yes. Um, all right, is that it for Nats? We're not going to talk about, I don't know. Is no, anything else? Bro. Is that it? I think that's news? it. Unless, is there any, I don't, I don't know if there's emergency news. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? You guys. Bandit T1? <laughs> no, we're saving that for, guys, if you want to hear about Bandit T1, we'll talk about that next week. It, no. Guys, we didn't talk about the champion videos. We didn't talk. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't talk about Tarek when he comes in. He's like, "Dude, that was so you." That was a good video. Didn't talk about Bala. Bala hosted the thing. Oh, yeah, he opens it. it. Yeah, Bala. Bala and Pansy. Bala walking. Why to watch? <laughs> what, why should you watch? What, what? What was your line? I forget. Uh, my line was simple: to be a champion. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And then, but so they they dropped that video, and then they put out the the music video with all the players with the their relations. Yeah, I think very it, cool. I think it's kind of scummy that the second line has to reference simple in order to get any views. Like even Valorant <laughs> can't get past CS:GO's best player. It's fucking. Ooh. That was terrible. <laughs> fucking fuck. dad joke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, you guys that makes like me the video? uncomfortable. I'm fucking twiddling in my chair now. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I've been waiting for a long time for the Valorant team to go from creating super cool stuff to stuff that is really cool, but also fits their community that's grown. You know, like the people involved and the players involved mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I feel like this event is the tipping point where you get that like. League of Legends mythology and all of the opening music videos and stuff. That's what this is the first step towards yeah, creating. super dope. And I think, again, with that, like, you know, teaser video, having Tarek be at the end of it and integrating the casters at the beginning yeah. and all of these different people, like the, the Japanese guy that runs the co-streams, whose name, unfortunately, I can't remember at this point. But, you know, they had tons of different people yeah, involved like different in that. content creators in that video as well. And so. literally advertising co-streamers as well, you know? Like, yep. the guy is co-streaming during the video. Yeah. That, that's that is that to me is excellent marketing where you're taking the cool element of all the stuff you can do um artwork wise and theme wise and the feel and then you're putting all of the authentic 
original community feeling into it too. I think it's fucking great. Yeah, I loved it. It was pretty awesome. They also, uh, in the patch, they changed Pearl. Did you guys see that? So now it's like all championy. In yeah, the, in yeah. The spawn. The spawn. Yeah, it's, it's, changes it's pretty. Right. It's pretty sweet. If you want to uh, show that after this uh, video, Kurt. I know that's on Reddit um, somewhere. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, they're just they also integrated a lot of the game the changes players stuff. into this Video. stuff too. Yeah, yeah. you know, oh, Mel had a line like change the game yourself or whatever. They integrated it back in the into music like video, I think as well. Yeah, and Mel was in the music video along yeah. with a bunch of other game changes players actually too. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, could you show the I just the pearl thing? It's just kind of cool. You want to show uh, that? If on you're right? looking for it, it's on Yeti's Twitter. Mm. Yeah, they've sorry. they've done that kind of stuff in the past where they advertise events, but the I don't think they've ever done anything this big, have they? Where it's like huge, yeah. This hilarious. is this is like this Lord. is thrown, bro. Yeah, because <laughs> on the previous ones, bless you, Brent. On the previous ones, it was like the billboards, but this is even more. They've gone nice, extra nice. with it, and it's yeah. a cool little. Uh, last year, they snuck the trophy into like the fucking land center on split. This time, it's like front and center. Everybody, yeah, yeah. They, it's pretty um, sweet. This this is actually what the LAN is gonna look like. This this is they are holding it in an outdoor underwater <laughs> <laughs> amphitheater uh, where you know you can they're gonna do a Fortnite thing as well it's, where you load into Pearl and you're not allowed to shoot anybody you just have to go and watch the game that's happening. Nice. <laughs> Dude, I loaded up Fortnite and fucking watched Dragon Ball Super in the fucking game. Crazy, Valorant, step your game up. Anyway. <laughs> Dude, there's a, there was a leak. Emotes coming soon. Pretty soon you're gonna be fucking in the gritty and yeah, what? You get crazy. Really? Yeah, there's gonna be emotes soon. Yeah, there was. Really, you can only do a pre-round and whatever. Yeah, yeah be pre-round, like pre post-round, post and it's you know it's gonna it'll probably it'll probably start like everything's cool, but then it'll slowly hopefully develop into just silliness yeah i i like this the sprays this the sprays that they've added are silly i mean they, they've got the yeah, yeah. they've got the elmo fire thing but with um they've with phoenix yeah they've added just meme sprays but with the valorant people i'm sure they will create some i'd love it if they just you know when people have the bubbles all over their their uh the suit because they're getting what's it called motion mapping or something that they use oh, for, yes, yes. for cgi just uh -huh. shove Boaster in a bubble suit and have him do his BTS dance moves and just put that in the game as the first emote. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so incredible. All right. They already are. Huh? Huh? It's already happened. Weekly award. The last topic. This trophy before. <laughs> Why it's weekly award. But who's getting it this time? All right, we're getting fucking back on track. How about that? How about Thank that? God. Okay. Who did you give it to last week? Tenzin Kaide, because <laughs> the engagement. And who did you give it to the week before? A deserving no, winner. This... <laughs> it was a deserving winner. The previous. Ah. Um, this week, you know who I'm giving it to? Mm. I'm giving it to Ghost Gaming, baby. Because they're still out there. They're still grinding. still grinding. They won the Nerd Street Land Tournament. That was this oh. past weekend. Same roster. Same fucking players. They're still grinding. Yep. They're not they're splitting up and going their separate ways, at least right now. And I like that. If they are actually... If they're going to just be committed to playing with this team that we unfortunately didn't really get to see much of at their peak, and they're going to continue it into next year, and Ghost is still supporting them throughout this time period, and, uh, you know, they weren't one of the orgs that just fucking dipped 
uh, with, with the tier two scare. And they actually go into next year with this roster and it keeps working. That would be pretty sick. Yeah. This was a cool team that was not, uh, you know, we didn't get to see much of just unfortunately because, you know, they peaked at like the last second of the year and were not able to um, accrue enough points to, to make it. Um, so. I also, um, I think even if Ghost isn't planning to keep them together as a full roster for next year, it's still smart for the players to be going hard in the offseason because you need to showcase nice. that you're still top-level players. I spilled coffee on myself. <laughs> nice, well done. I spilled coffee on myself. I think <laughs> especially when the like, off-season tournament <laughs> circuit begins, which is apparently what's going to happen after Champions, people need to be playing in those. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what else needs to be said to players yeah. but you need to be super motivated right now to showcase that you are a top level talent that deserves to be in next year that is that is part of what people are going to be looking at is who looks like they're in incredible form who has been good in the past and uh, is dominating the tier two circuit even it might not even be a tier two circuit some of the tier one teams might still play in the off season but it's just fantastic getting eyes on you at a time yeah. when your future could be in a tipping point. It's great to be a top team in the tier two. There are opportunities to get, you know, win Ascension and go in. But it's even better if you use this opportunity as a springboard to forever be a tier one player. That, yeah. that could be your time right now. 100%. All right. That's it. That's episode 103. Thank you for watching. Leave a comment below as to, uh, you know, let us know who should be on our top 20 list or top 10. Uh, but, new rule, you have <laughs> to say who you're taking off, okay? Who are you adding on and who are you taking off? Leave a comment below the video. Um, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you for episode 104.